Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to listen to the incomparable Win Twice Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Scott and Holly. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be entertained. can't tell the story of Wrestlemania without talking about the rise of Vince McMahon Jr. Vince had an estranged relationship with his father and the two were not reunited until Vince was 12 years of age. Vince McMahon Sr. had left the family home with Vince Jr.'s elder brother Rod when Jr. was just a baby. When the two did reconnect, it wasn't long before little Vince wanted to follow in his father's footsteps in the world of promoting professional wrestling. Despite Jess McMahon, Vince Sr.'s father and he himself working the business of promoting the sport of kings, Vince Senior discouraged his son from stepping into the same arena, instead advising his son to get a government job which carried a pension. After a great deal of persistence and badgering on behalf of Junior, the senior McMahon presented Vince with an opportunity to promote WWF shows in Bangor, Maine after the local promoter had been caught stealing. With this opportunity came a clear message of warning to his son, this will be your first and last shot at this. Vince seized upon this olive branch and over the next 10 years helped his father triple their TV ratings. In 1979, Vince, alongside his wife Linda, founded Titan Sports and come 1982 had purchased his father's promotion which included buying out investors Gorilla Monsoon, Arnold Scarland and Phil Zacco. In wrestling nothing is ever straightforward and so proved to be the case here. As part of the sale, Monsoon, Scarland and Zacco relinquished 385 shares of the company to the Capital Wrestling Corporation. Vince Senior's company for more than $640,000. These shares would then be awarded to Titan Sports upon completion of the sale. However, this would only transpire if Vince Jr. kept all of his balloon payment promises. If he should default on even a single payment, Vince Senior and his partners would get the business back and keep any money that had been paid to that point. Titan Sports agreed to buy the remaining 615 shares for $1 million. Within a year, the WWF began to aggressively recruit from their competition such as the AWA and Jim Crockett promotions, with the likes of Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura and Ricky Steamboat to name but a few, finding a new home with the promise of national TV exposure and bigger paydays to line their pockets. Vince McMahon was ahead of the game and his willingness to cross unspoken thresholds and incorporate the surging pop culture scene into his wrestling product led him to putting all of his eggs into one basket, WrestleMania. If he failed, the WWF would be forced to close its doors. 40 years later, and now a bona fide billionaire, that gamble clearly paid off. Hello everybody, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Win Twice Wrestling Podcast, alongside your hosts Scott and Holly. Hello. How are you doing Holly, you good? I'm great, thank you. You're really looking forward to this one, are you? <laughs> yes. I can imagine. So, this is, well, it's, it's the same as our usual type of episodes, however, we are now delving into... A historical mm. journey, mm-hmm. let's say, and this will be the first ever episode of our March Through the Mania series where we'll be covering each WrestleMania that's happened, going all the way back to 1985. Yay! Now this was a potential stumbling block for you, Holly, was it not? Because of yes. the uh, quality of yes. the, the video footage. <laughs> I really struggle watching things that are old. I don't get that, because like, for example, yeah. you're... You watch Friends. Yes. How do you cope with the early episodes of that? I don't watch the first three seasons. Is that actually a thing? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I, I know it's stupid. Well I'm aware. I don't want to say stupid, it's different. Oh no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well. It's yeah, ridiculous. Okay. 
It's not great. So, yeah, um, you'll have all heard the opening monologue, which is uh, a thing that I'm trying to, to get sorted out for each of the WrestleMania episodes. They won't be on the standard ones, but specifically mm-hmm. for WrestleMania, hoping to have something like that to kick off each episode with the wonderful WrestleMania theme tune in the background. Yes. Isn't it a nice little treat? Cliché 80s. It's so good, though. I want WrestleManias <laughs> now to, to have that tune. That music. Genuinely. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it just works for me. Okay. It hits every level that you'd want it to. Survivor Series used to have its own theme as well back mm-hmm. in the day, but that's long since gone. But anyway, so this one, WrestleMania 1, the very first ever yes. WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all. Mm. So that took place on the 31st of March 1985 at, of course, Madison Square Garden in New York City. Attendance on the night, 19,121, with a buy rate of 398,000. So mm-hmm. this was, in terms of what WWF were doing, this was such a landmark event for them. I mentioned it in the monologue at yes. the start of this that it was dead serious. If they didn't make a success of this, they might have had to close their doors because they were that close to going under as it was. Right. So they needed to make an impact to kind of generate interest, generate buzz, and that was what they did with the the Rock and Wrestling Connection. Mm-hmm. So the Rock and Wrestling Connection was mainly started through Dave Wolf. So you probably have no idea who Dave Wolf is. Absolutely not. No. We see him in the show. Okay. He's with Cindy Lauper, so he's her oh, manager. Him. Yes, the yes. long-haired uh-huh. rock star, sunglasses, indoors. Mm-hmm. Yep, I knew that was going to feature. Of course. So he was a big wrestling fan. Okay. And when they were going to do the music video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, oh, we've. I'm sure you've talked. You've told me about this. Yeah. Briefly mentioned this in yes. the past. They were looking for a father figure to play Cindy Lauper's dad. Mm-hmm. And they went with a wrestling person in Captain Lou Albano, who we also see on the show a little bit later on. So in the... You're looking at me very confused. I guarantee you he's in this show. Oh, I, I don't doubt you for a minute. I'll point him out for you. <laughs> but yeah, so in, in many respects, you could say that Cindy Lauper saved the WWF from going under. Okay. Which is very, very odd to say. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Because later on, my point is, why is she here? But now you've explained it, it makes sense. Yep, So because she okay. didn't have any affinities to wrestling mm. at all. But because of Dave Wall, who was a manager and boyfriend, partner, I okay. don't think they were married. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they ever did get married. I didn't care to look, to be perfectly no, honest with you. Knows? But it was very interesting to see, because she was far from the only celebrity that we see on this show. Yeah. Some of them you will know. Yeah. Others, I know one, some. one specifically, I know for a fact you won't know who they are. Okay. So I'm just going to rattle off some of the celebrities that oh, we see. Okay, I'll say yay or nay if I knew who they I'll were. I'll start with the ones that are going to be surefire wins for you. You better hope they'll be surefire. Yeah. So Muhammad Ali. Uh, yes, I know who he is. We're going to go for someone who I don't think you will. Billy Martin. Absolutely not. Liberace. Yeah, I know who Liberace is. I'll be honest, Liberace is someone that... When I first saw this pay-per-view, so obviously I wasn't even around in 1985. Mm-hmm. Low-key flex. Low-key flex. <laughs> yeah. uh, neither was I. I'm just putting it out there. Very so. true. <laughs> I had no concept of who Liberace... Liberace. Liberace. Well, to be fair, it's flamboyant Ooh. enough. Let's not add Zesty. that to the name as well. Zesty, indeed. <laughs> I had no concept of who they were, and up until... Mm-hmm. I want to say within the last 10 years, I thought they were a woman. Okay. Really thought. You know, just because it's kind of had the same haircut as my grandma. Yeah, yeah, I, I get I didn't have overly masculine no. features in any way and was wearing okay. enough bling Fair to enough. drown Mr. T. <laughs> who is Mr. T there. was another celebrity yeah, I know who, he is. who featured obviously more heavily than yeah. the others. But they had a, a hell of a lot of people uh, on hand to try and make this, as Gorilla Monsoon would say several mm. times in the, the broadcast, a happening. 
Still haven't quite worked out what he what means by happening, happening is. is, but he's that's but a it's a happening on, on the show. <laughs> so I don't need to read the first page. We've already done the monologue, so oh, we've, okay. we've already we're straight on to page Lovely. two now. How did you find mm. the initial video shots? I was concerned. Yeah, this started me off with like, okay, so I sat down and I, I literally gave myself like a little pep talk before it started. I was like, be open minded, just don't focus on the fact that it's old because it is like but just take it for what it is it's not that long this is god yeah um and just go with it and then i pressed play and the music started and this video sequence started and i went i need a drink even by 80 standards this was about as cliche and fluffy as you could imagine honestly so we start with a very 1980s opening Mm -hmm. with a still shot of the empire state building we see images of all the matches scheduled to take place on the night. So for you, this might not have even necessarily been a bad thing. Because when we're looking at the modern stuff, yes. I know you don't like knowing yeah. what's coming up. None of these, well, maybe five of these people at most you'd have recognised. Yes, I think there was a couple that I went, oh, okay. But then because I watched it in stints, I my memory is so bad. I'd forgotten what I'd already seen anyway, so it was all fresh. How so. many uh, takes did it require to get through Only three. This? Oh, that's not bad, actually. Yeah, I thought you'd three. have had to chuck... Like I really thought it was going to be like half an hour at most per stint, so I thought it was going to be no, four plus. No, I was, I was okay. I okay. Was, yeah. Well, I'm very excited, as you can mm. imagine. So this is the first one that's we we've, we've seen that's anywhere before. I think the oldest show we've seen up to this point. I don't think we've even seen anything in the nineties, have we? Did we do a late? We done late two thousand one. Oh. I don't think we've no. touched the nineties. That was TLC. Was that not late nineties? That was a match, but that was yeah. after two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I think that was WrestleMania 2001. Oh, lovely. It opens up the late 90s. That's fine. <laughs> yes. So we haven't even... So not only have we bypassed the 90s, we've gone straight into the mid-80s for this. Well, yeah. Fair play. So as well as showing the matches that are taking place, we also see the celebrities that they have on hand. That's mm. going to play a big part in this for... If you're thinking as Vince McMahon at the time... which so is just a, to draw attention to... Draw eyes to, to the product. So as well as... No, so as well as the pay-per-view um, buy rate that I mentioned, I should probably have also said that they also did... They would rent out like a load of cinemas and oh okay, did like a watch give, along type thing. Yeah, but they charge admission, so as if they were yeah. at the event. So it was, I think they called it closed circuit okay. viewing. So they had a lot of that thrown into here, and they actually did make a, a success That's of WrestleMania. Very clever. Yeah, I don't know when that kind of art form died out because yeah. I guess the pay per view market in general, specifically for wrestling and WWE, mm-hmm. it's not what it used to be because no. they don't bank on it. They've got the network now, but. The big play was the celebrity involvement here, and you hear a lot of things on the commentary team where they're hitting the same point over and over again. And right. you can only imagine that's because they've got Vince McMahon really in their hammer it home. Yeah, Vince McMahon in their ear saying, "Make sure you say this." Mm. So later on, I don't make mention of it as it's mentioned in the show, but yeah. I heard Jesse Ventura say several times, "I've seen bad NFL games or bad Super Bowls. I've seen bad World Championships, but I will not see bad WrestleMania." Like it's right really just going over and over the same point is again. Is that the first of many impressions? Or? That wasn't me actually going for oh. an impression. I was just trying to put a grisly oh, okay. American voice on. <laughs> I mean, you heard him talk. That's not what he sounds like. So I'm, I'm sure there will be the unintentional uh, imitation good, good. down the line. And good, I can only apologise for that. But I'll be honest, if I'm entertaining myself, I don't care. I like it. I yeah, think it's funny. I, I know, yeah, because either they're very good and you laugh or they're very bad and you laugh. And there aren't many very good ones. <laughs> So we go straight into Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Venturer welcoming us to the show. This will be your first introduction. This is the guy that you told me about. Yep, yeah. so Gorilla Monsoon was a former wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
in his own right. He was mainly around in the 60s and 70s. And then, again, as I mentioned in the monologue, he became like an investor and a business partner mm-hmm. for Vince McMahon Sr. when it came to changing the WWF, as it was at the time. Okay. So they had an extra W. Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So oh, the World Wrestling Federation. So that's, again, Vince McMahon just getting something and immediately needing to change it to put his yep. own stamp on it and to show that it's going in a different direction. Because one thing that I omitted from the original discussion is mm. that Vince Senior didn't want his son doing what he did. Yes. Because, like I said, there were so many unspoken rules within the business. Granted, Vince Senior himself, when I mentioned the National Wrestling Alliance before, yes. that was the overall authority of professional wrestling in America. And that was everyone who was anyone of value were in this agreement that, like I said, they wouldn't encroach into other people's territories. Oh, I see. They wouldn't okay. steal talent from people. It was mm-hmm. always very much working in. In unison. cohesion, in unison, yeah. exactly. And there was one champion, the NWA champion, who would tour from promotion to promotion. Oh, I see. So each region they didn't would have, have their like own. So each, their own regional yes, champ. It, basically, but. that's the way to look at it. So each promotion would have their own champion, mm-hmm. and then they would often be the ones that would do the business with the NWA champion when they came mm-hmm. into town. Uh, Vince Senior was the one that actually kind of started to back away from the NWA. So it wasn't like he didn't go against what was considered the grain in his day but his son went so far out of it where he was not stabbing well yeah stabbing people in the back effects to get what he would want so he would go to television production companies one that comes to mind is georgia championship wrestling Mm -hmm. and he went to their um, tv provider and said i'll give you x amount of money you give me their tv slot and then we'll show our oh okay i think it was called black tuesday in, Mm. in wrestling circles this is for people who've got memory that exceeds that and I probably should have done a little bit more research myself to make sure I'm not spouting nonsense but it definitely happened and he would do this all over the country a lot of people got bitter about it only because probably they were hesitant to pull the trigger themselves and do what he did he just was he saw the trend that was changing and this was the point in time where it's funny to look at it now because you think of Vince McMahon and he's so antiquated in his ways Mm -hmm. the games moved past him not as in Triple H, that was an unintentional no, I know pun you there. Mean, yeah. But back then, he was so ahead of his yes. time. So it's okay. it's interesting. And we see, yeah, as you said, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse yeah. the Body Ventura. What did you think of those suits, Holly? <laughs> wow. wow. Those tuxedos. Wow. It's, yeah. Strong. Yeah. And um, sunglasses. Yes. Inside. That's very much a Jesse the Body oh, Ventura thing. Just... He um, became the governor of Minnesota. Did he? At a later date, yep. He, wow. he had political office. I think the only time you might have ever seen him before mm. was, I believe, at SummerSlam 99. He was a special guest referee in a match. So I'm sure at some point we'll cover that yeah. show anyway and you'll see what he looks like uh, now. Okay. He is someone who, I believe he is in the WWE Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but he had quite a history with Vince Jr. Mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. Firstly, he thought he should be having a title feud with Hulk Hogan. Okay. Which would kind of make sense because I think those two would have gelled quite well given yeah. the big flamboyant personalities. Mm-hmm. There's probably a bit of business to be had there. But I think Jesse was already kind of at the tail end of his career by the time WWF right, or WWF, because I, I know he had a stint under Vince's dad as well, brought him in. And the second one is he tried to unionise the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So in wrestling, especially at that time, if you were unfit to work through injury sickness yep. whatever you didn't get paid yeah you it was a pay-as-you-play type mm-hmm. deal 
Jesse said, this isn't right. Like, we need to, you need us to be able to put yeah. on the shows. He's not wrong. No. Vince got wind of that. He got wind of it from, allegedly, I don't think it's ever been confirmed, Hulk Hogan. Ooh. Went and ratted out this whole union talk. Cause snitches get stitches. They could have got ahead of the game on this and pushed <laughs> this through yeah. before Vince really had time to react to it mm-hmm. and put a kibosh on it. So Ventura is not a fan of Hogan, to say the least. See. And this created a lot of resentment with Vince because mm-hmm. he didn't want his workers to have those kind of rights, basically. And even right. now, they're not unionised. There's no pension for wrestlers. Gosh. You just work, you earn And then you you're get. retired and that's it. Yeah, and if you think about it, they have to... No th- wonder they probably, some of them work well past when they should. Yeah, because, I mean, because they've got their choice. I don't know the ins and outs of it now, but I can't imagine, apart from the high earners... And even them, I wouldn't guarantee, have to pay for their travel expenses because they're going from town to town, rental cars, flights, yeah. horrendous. But Gosh. So, yeah, that's what a bit of a background information on Jesse Ventura wow, for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that with a few characters as we go along okay. to kind of add a little bit more colour for you. Uh, and, yeah, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse on commentary just work well together. I think they Yeah, have you know what? I didn't rapport. mind it, actually. I was, I, was a bit, I was a bit concerned at the beginning because I was like, oh, God. And then, actually, I listened and I was like... No, I'm alright with this. It's they good. they work well together. Yeah. So you've got the classical cheering the baby faces, make sure everyone's doing things ethically. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon, and then you've got Jesse Ventura who's yes. calling out the bullshit and the double standards. So uh, he'll go, "Oh, babyface would do something." Um, if you saw him do that, you wouldn't say anything. But as soon as this guy, he doesn't say babyface. Yeah, yeah, he okay, said, yeah. But if this guy did it, it's a problem, isn't it, Gorilla? Or oh, sorry, Gorilla is what he says. He never says Gorilla. <laughs> or he said Gino is the other one that he calls him by. Howard Finkel now. Uh, I did, when I heard his name, and so I thought, oh, Scott will be happy. Oh, I'm so happy. I just miss his voice for WrestleMania. I'd rather than play audio of him announcing the Royal Rumble than have oh, someone okay. call it in the ring. Because they could do just pump... They could get an eight. To be fair, they could do with AI. They could get... Yeah, true, but I wasn't even thinking of that. Just get an old recording. He's done enough rumbles in the past. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, but I just saw him. They look like a little Muppet. Oh. Doesn't he? Just with his little kind of bowl haircut, like yeah. fryer tuck haircut. Yes. But again, just so great. And he was officially the first ever employee of Titan Sports or oh, WWF. Okay. Um, he originally worked, I think it was in his local area, and he wanted to get involved in the wrestling business. Mm. Ended up doing a little bit of work in the regional arenas in terms of managing that kind of stuff, and then got brought in to be the very first employee and it was of course him that stopped us getting the colossal tussle as the name of wrestlemania he's the one that's been widely credited with going yeah. wrestlemania so monsoon says welcome to wrestlemania the wrestling extravaganza of all time don't know what he's missed out words there oh yeah just the wrestling, wrestling the greatest yeah <laughs> it's just the extravaganza yes yeah, it's, it's the wrestling extravaganza of all time i just put what <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're trying to land there. It's not the only time he says it as well. There's no. three times I think he says it over the course of the show. Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, he is my favourite person throughout this whole programme. <laughs> I've got several comments about him. And this to... poor guy. Right. Poor, so, poor guy. So I've actually done a little bit of a disservice there to Gene Oakland. Yeah. So in the middle of the ring, is he does... Is that the guy that was singing? It was indeed. Mean, mean, mean Gene? Gene? Yeah, Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, who who also, just to note, read the National Anthem. Yes, and also goes, everybody, yeah. at one point towards the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. surely you should know this. I mean, I couldn't sing the UK one, but if I knew I was doing it in front of a crowd, I'd learn it off by heart. Yeah, just absolutely. To be clear. 
so we were talking about tuxes, and I feel like there's going to be oh, lots of opportunities oh, to don't discuss. Diss, don't diss his tux. The poor Lord guy. Alfred Hayes. The poor guy. What, I mean, it's the most <laughs> surreal look. So he's wearing a cream tux with red bow tie, and I'm just sick on the floor immediately. <laughs> this guy made my heart sad. He So he used to be a wrestler as well back oh. in the day. I think he went on to managerial work and then did some uh, commentary and road agent oh. work for the WWF. Um he looks like he's in a school performance being filmed by his parents and he's forgotten all of his lines. Yes. He just he's looks very nervous. Terrified. And very Um thanks Gorilla for passing over to me. Um yes. we're gonna have an intriguing match right now. And he's just <laughs> like number two. There you go. Wow. And he's just looking all over the gap. Yeah, he's nervous. He's te- but he's a professional. Well But to give him credit, I'm wondering if it's there was so much at stake. Yes. And everyone was aware mm-hmm. how much was at stake. I get feeling the additional yeah. pressure, especially working under someone like Vince McMahon. I can only mm-hmm. imagine that is horrendous. But his He instantly was my favourite person. I'll be honest, I'm a fan. I like there's a lot of comments <laughs> of me giving him like I immediately shit I just on his. Give attire. him a hug. Yeah, we love it. Not at this, not now. I know, but like not at this point. But a bit later on, once the matches start, I just wanted to give him a hug. There's one bit which is <laughs> wonderful that I'm so excited. Okay. This is the enjoyment of these shows. We're okay. going to get so many mm-hmm. weird shit like mm-hmm. this that we have to cover off. Yes. Early doors, I noticed that everything was so quick. They were trying to smash as much in as they could in yes. a short period of time. So. Even though it's one of the shorter shows we've watched, yeah, there was my notes are probably exceed a lot of the other shows because I'm not just doing what okay. happened in matches. I'm going, they cut from this person to this person. Yeah. So, again, they're just introducing, kind of getting us used to the cast of characters. Because, yeah. again, we have to remember for the first time, people watching this who aren't wrestling fans probably have no idea who these people are. No. So it kind of familiarises us mm-hmm. with them. So back to Gene Oakland. So he's just on the National Anthem. We've gone back to oh, Gene. yeah. Uh, with backstage interviews. And oh, now, God. These interviews oh, are... Painful. N- not even painful. <laughs> because they're, they're so bad, they're, they're good. They're so bad, they're funny. Yeah, like, the, the things that people are coming out with... Oh. Again, you're a professional wrestler. One of the, the pillar pillars or key cornerstones mm-hmm. that you have to make sure that you can nail down is you need to be able to do a promo. Yeah. And I saw three on the show that I thought were okay. Okay. The rest, toilet. Absolute unmitigated toilet. Okay. These two aren't good ones, the ones that we start off with. Is this um, the most blow dried hair I've ever seen in my life? Well, it depends. So I think, uh, yes, it is. It starts with Tito Santana. Yes. Doesn't it? That's voluminous. It's luscious. Quaffed to within an inch of its life, that hair. Yes. I think, and that was kind of the 80s style. So I don't don't begrudge that. The kind of blown out poodle Mm -hmm. look, uh, which my mum uh, rocked uh, even at my wedding last year. (laughs) Bless her. Sorry, she's not going to listen to this, no chance. <laughs> so Tito Santana says the masked executioner is undefeated, but he hasn't been in the big leagues. That's basically the gist of it. Yeah. Nobody is going to stop Tito from achieving his goals. Ariba. Sorry, Ariba! Is that better? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you get you. three. Thank you. And then we go to the masked executioner, oh, Buddy God. Rose. Oh, is that? So, oh, wait, I didn't know who it was because yeah. no one knows who this man is, even though his mask is awful. Right, but okay. But just, you know, I obviously didn't know who he was. You don't know who Buddy Rose is now that I've said it, to be fair. Um, no, and I don't think he got a Google either, I'll be honest. No, that's fair. So Buddy Rose was um, more prominent in the NW- NWA mm-hmm. uh, territory at the time. A lot of what they did for um, 
not these kind of shows specifically, but they'd often put someone under a mask and just pretend that um, the executioner's like a stereotypical name that they'd give to a wrestler okay. that they just wanted to give a gift, different character to and not have them just wrestlers themselves without a mask. Okay. But with that being said, my first comment, the masked executioner wearing a poorly fitting jock strap on his face stumbles over his promo immediately, mm-hmm. like three words in, he's yep. all over the place, before finishing with, I am a big leaguer! Okay, great. <laughs> Cheers. This is impression one of number the, four. Yeah, that was just me shouting. <laughs> gen- <laughs> no, I'm right, taking just them all. Those impressions. Fine. So this is the first of the interviews because I don't think it showed two pre-recorded bits, and it makes sense because Gene was in the ring just yes. a second ago, so he couldn't get backstage. No. But there's a trend in the other interviews that I wonder if you picked up on because I certainly mentioned oh, it when we get to the next one. Okay. And don't worry, they're before every fucking match. Oh. So we will get there. Okay. Now we go into the very first match, the very first match yes. of any WrestleMania ever. Mm. Set the tone. Mm. Get it in early, right? Mm. We have the Executioner against Tito Santana. Yeah. Uh, from Parts Unknown, Weight Unknown, for those wondering about the Executioner. I know I, I was. I did just put it from Parts Unknown. D- just, I mean, are we just saying we don't know where he's from? Uh, we don't care enough to come up with a backstory. Oh, is that what, what that we're is? Saying. Okay. I think so. Uh, immediate headlock by Santana as Ventura calls him Chico, which is a theme um, that oh. uh, Jesse would do specifically with Tito. Like he'd come out with, I don't want to say racist things, but just oh, apologies for hitting the microphone. But just things that you can't say nowadays mm-hmm. without having to over-explain okay. why you're making comments that could be deemed by some to be racist. Right. So Chico was a big one for him, but he'd make a lot of Mexican-based jokes. Oh, okay, that's right. And this was just, this is the only one I, I clocked on because I was too busy writing down the Fast and Furious action that I was seeing in oh, front of me. Fast and Furious, what were you watching? Well, exactly. Uh, so they crisscross because crisscross. one of the dumbest moves mm-hmm. in old wrestling where one person is bouncing off one set of I ropes. did watch this and I go, what, what are we achieving here? Um, Apart from synchronous, like, you can keep time. I don't really understand because no one's doing anything. Yeah, I mean, the crowd don't even get excited on this. No. Because why would you? It's so dumb, though. Just stop odd. stop running. Yeah. At any time. It's, it is a bit odd. I know we kind of picked holes in the Irish whip before, but this is like that to the nth yeah, degree. Yeah, no. This is different gravy. Odd. So as they crisscross before uh, Tito delivers a big back body drop and follows oh, up yeah. with a drop kick, sending the masked man to the floor. So immediately we're outside the ring. Is this when the cameraman got taken down very early? Yeah, that, that amused me. <laughs> very early indeed. Drinking game for every time they shoehorn WrestleMania into the commentary. <laughs> Thank God I didn't do that. I would have been shit You'd been paralytic <laughs> after about five minutes of this show. Uh, Santana back with a side headlock, walks up the corner buckles to assist in a takedown, which I quite liked, I actually, actually. I, Yeah, I did note that down too, actually. Mm. Nice. Yes. That's what I commented. That's the first move that's got a thumbs up from, uh, from Holly. So yes, that's, uh, it was actually. Well done, Tito Santana. Yep. Executioner hits uh, the leg as promised because in his promo he did say he was going to focus on the knee because I think yeah. Greg Valentine had already worked it over going into WrestleMania. But Tito stops him by driving his face into the canvas. Mm-hmm. Again, what I like about old wrestling, because it's obviously not going to be as athletic as what we get these days, but what I see them do, I want to make sense. Yes. So uh, I think the Executioner was kind of on his knees. Tito just went, right, grab your head. I'm going to smash it into the floor. Mm-hmm. It's effective. Makes Simple sense. but effective. The masked man gets momentum and smashes Santana into the turnbuckles before driving a knee into the midsection. Yes. Goes back to working over the leg, but it doesn't last. Tito fires up and the executioner backs off begging. Love a a dastardly heel begging. Oh, for sure. No one does it like Flair does, but I I do often like it when I see Mm -hmm. it. 
Santana is powered up overhead in a back body drop and a body slam follows. Executioner goes up top but is press slammed back to the canvas. Very exciting times. I'm, I'm sure you were just riveted. Was... You were on the edge of your seat for this one. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I was thrilled. <laughs> Santana attempts a running splash but lands on the masked man's knees. Oh yeah, that I commented. I thought that was quite clever. Yeah, like I said, anything that you think I'm overlooking or want to interject, oh. please do because oh, I will. Don't worry. There's only so, there's some matches in here that are going to be difficult to drag out beyond two sentences. Yeah, I know. Uh, the executioner goes back to the leg but is yeeted out of the ring. Yes, said that. Yeah, flying forearm connects. So that's usually Tito's finishing move. Oh, the flying forearm. Okay. And I don't want to be out of line, but I'm sure I've heard uh, Jesse Ventura not in this show, but call it the flying burrito before. Oh. It's not that. I can't remember the name of it. I just know it's the flying forward. Uh, Connects and Santana then pulls him into the middle of the ring. So he doesn't go for a cover. No. Uh, He goes for the figure four leg lock. uh, And the executioner verbally submits. He didn't tap. Yeah, I didn't have a clue this was finished. See, this is because we're looking at it through modern eyes. So back in 1985, Mm -hmm. tapping the mat meant nothing. Because tapping the mat was only popularised with the UFC and MMA. Oh, I see. To signal defeat. You'll see in a lot of old shows, in mm-hmm. fact, before tapping out was a thing. In fact, tapping out only really kind of came into the WWE in about 96, 97, oh, okay. um, when Ken Shamrock got involved as a mm-hmm. former UFC fighter. Um, you'd see people like be tapping in pain to try mm-hmm. and like, claw to the thing, but I, you look now and you go, ref, end it, they're tapping yeah. out, but they're not. Oh, see, so, yeah, because I was watching and I heard the bell go and I was like, why is it finished? Yep. I was so confused. I was like, I mean, I wasn't mad about it, but I was like, that's confusing. You mean this wasn't your match of the night? No. Okay, fair enough. Did you know that, um, what was his name? T- T- Tito, Tito Santana? was 32. Oh, my God. Tough paper, it isn't it? a lot older, huh? Yeah. I googled it. That that was my googling. Yeah, well, how there's, a lot of, there's a lot of age googling that I did, purely because I was like, I don't even know what else to be looking at. I'm here. fascinated by this because I did none of that, yeah. so you're filling in the holes here. That's great. Thank you. So Santana wins, but he actually then takes an age to let go of the hold. And I thought, that's not yeah. a good guy thing to do. You're supposed to let go. You've won. I was just hoping he'd hurry up. <laughs> well, they got to drag move it up on. for two hours and 15 minutes. I did like that at the very beginning of these matches. They tell you there's a time limit, which appeased me greatly. Yes, they I did. Thought, oh, 20 minute maximum. Lovely. Crack on. Not all of them were 20 minutes. Though. No, I know. <laughs> just the venom in your eyes then I know everyone else can see that but she looked absolutely livid Yeah. when Tito does eventually release the hold we hear him do another mm. in the ring and uh, so ends match one the very first match of Wrestlemania Yeah. long may it live in the memory of oh, yeah. those that were there potentially that are still alive we now go back to everyone's oh. favourite Alfred Hayes Yes. backstage uh, we head back there nervous looking lordship who tees us up for the upcoming match. That's about it. Yeah, he, but again, it's like he's watching tennis. He's watching a tennis game that we he's can't He's looking see. from side to side, anywhere but the camera. But I don't think it's necessarily because he doesn't want to look at the camera. It's because he's looking who's coming into his vision. Because yes. he's standing in the entrance. Yes, way. I know. And which, I mean, at this point, I don't think it was a thing. But in the next couple, it was a real issue. And I was like, what's going on there? And this is what made me feel sad for him. Yes. Um, I, I found it very entertaining, though. It was one I of mean, the, it was the very bright funny, spots. But... Bright spots, bright <laughs> points of the card for me. And then we go immediately from Hayes, who's teeing it up, uh, to Gene Oakland, who's interviewing SD Jones. So this is the first time uh, you've met SD Jones, I imagine. Yes. Uh, special delivery, Jones. I was going to say, Thank my you. first question was, what does special delivery stand for? 
And then I realised that, oh, what does special delivery stand for? <laughs> oh, what does SD stand for? What does SD yeah. stand for? Then he, they said, special delivery, Jones. And yeah. then, yeah. Um, my question to him is a very simple one. Uh, where the fuck do you think the camera is? <laughs> He's looking off into a different zip code. Like, the camera's dead on. Gene knows where it is. Mm-hmm. But, and I want to be harsher on Mr. Jones here, but... It makes sense when we see what happens after he's finished his uh, his little promo. Okay. So, special delivery basically says he's ready to get down with the biggest thing in town, which I oh, I didn't yeah. know if that's a sex thing or well, not. When you see who's there, well, I assume he was talking about King Kong Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, three shit interviews is what I uh, finished that one with, uh, and then we see King Kong Bundy walk into the screen. So this is the first time we see it, but it is not the only time we see it on the mm. show when they're doing the interviews, is that one person's being interviewed, mm-hmm. they walk off in the, the same room at the same in. time, the person they're yeah. having, they should be needs Why to be pulled apart. Why is there no kick off? Like, yeah, yeah, I did a thing. Oh, maybe, uh, I did a thing. I did a thing, yeah. <laughs> I did think later on, oh, maybe there'll be like a, a confrontation. No. It's just a bit odd. But what I thought was mad was they knew that they were going to do these interviews. Mm-hmm. They knew that there were going to be tight time constraints. Yes. Why did they not think, let's pre-tape these? Because mm. I don't think the end did result... They not, did they not... I'm sure, didn't they say some were pre-recorded? They might have said it, but the, they the first ones not, definitely were. And do you know what's even worse about that? They were shit. Was yeah, that the best take? Okay, yeah. Or was point. it just a one-take job? Fair point. I am yeah. a big leaguer. Great. Start that again. That's shit. <laughs> But I just thought it was odd just to see someone walk in, mm-hmm. someone walk out. And now I'm giving um, S.D. Jones a little bit of credit here because I think he was looking at Bundy as he was talking. Oh, I see. Because yeah, I let's, just thought... let's say that. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that because that's the only way I can get on with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, King Kong Bundy walks onto screen. Fucking massive cream puff egg looking oh, motherfucker. God. Says he'll get a five count. That was King Kong Bundy's thing. He would beat someone down, which Big E later took in WWE that he would pin someone for the count of five. Yeah. He makes a point of saying he's going to get a five count. He didn't. No. Spoiler alert. Come on, he made a whole big song and dance about it. I'm going to get a five. You don't know. And then, fortunately, we go straight to uh, the in-ring match itself between S.D. Jones and King Kong Bundy, who's uh, with Jimmy Hart. I'm going to be clear to you here. I have four bullet points Two of which don't really relate to the match whatsoever. Please kick off with yours. <laughs> One of which, I could have said it before, the ropes on these these rings are so loose compared to what they are now. There were many times throughout this whole thing I did think someone's just going to topple out just from rope running. And there's some big boys. Oh, very large. Big girthy biatches yes. on this card. Was concerned. It didn't look exactly sturdy, shall we say. No, and there's someone who does take a bump later on who lands in a very uncomfortable way, but I don't think that's the rope spot. I think that's just because he's a bit... <sighs> Let's just say you can't colour in the lines, I don't think. He just... the mm. way I, I okay. definitely yeah. write about it later. Yeah. So that's one point you've got, down. How did you drag the... I only had four points on this match, and I'm usually the one that goes into detail. Well, I also then said the whole WrestleMania gives me very indie show vibes. Because of the way it's been uh, it's, lit. The crowd is dark, ring is lit. Wasn't mad at it. Quite liked it. However, also indie vibes by the fact that people are just walking around that ring. Yes. There's many occasions where people are just walking past. And you see the amount of press as well that we yeah. at ringside. It was a it was a big thing. It, it made it like busy, national it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very busy. I think 
a lot of the older shows that was the done thing mm-hmm. you would dim the lights on the crowd have the spotlights on the uh, yeah. the action in the ring and this wasn't even just like a, a wrestling thing like if you ever see any old boxing fights not that I was going to say it did remind me a bit of even boxing now like you've got people round the outside as you know as best said by Eminem but round the outside but um yeah, I don't know. It was the walking around for me was strange. And then when people hit the floor, they're just smashing onto concrete. There's no, like, protective yeah. flooring. It's a bit rugged, rough yeah. and ready, isn't it? It's, rough around the edges. Yeah, very much so. And I think you'll see the production value mm-hmm. go up leaps and bounds. Right, OK. I don't think you'll notice it too much in the next WrestleMania. No. But by the time we get to three, it's got a very different feel to right. it. You can see the money. 100%. Okay. 100%. Especially given the size of the venue. Oh, okay. WrestleMania 3. So the match. Yes. Uh, Holly. Hello. Well, I say match. Yes. Thoughts on Bundy's singlet? <laughs> I just, honestly, there's a lot of, I mean, I'm no oil painting, whatever, but there's a lot of people in this event I would have requested wore more gloves. <laughs> I would ask him to wear more eyebrows as well, because he was proper egging. There was not a single follicle coming from this man anywhere that I could see. Um, Have you ever seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I mean, a couple of times. If I say uh, Quang. No. So there was a big white body with a little pink brain that was controlling it in there. The body, take away the abs looking part of it. Uh, In my head, that's King Kong Bundy. Just an amorphous blob of a man. Okay. Yeah, um, I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, he came up through the uh, the Texas territory when he was young, and he had hair, mm. and it was just weird. I've seen clips of his matches from uh, the early eighties uh, mm. with the Von Erichs, okay. um, who there's an upcoming film uh, about to be released yes. about. Um, and seeing him with hair is weird because he used to he'd wear basically jeans, but yeah. with like a singlet underneath it. Uh, okay. It's just odd. It's just an odd combination of things going on here. So I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but this is probably his best look in his career ever. Okay. Which it's not a high bar, not a high bar at all. Okay. So <laughs> we start off and <laughs> Jones hits the ropes, but runs right into a bear hug and yeah. ram into the corner combo. Yeah. Avalanche, and then a splash follows, and that's all she wrote. Boom. Again, I don't think you'd probably be unhappy about that. No, although um, according to Google, um, it's said that this match is only nine seconds long. It's not. It's seventeen. I'm glad you said that. Because and the announcers keep reiterating the record setting time being nine seconds allegedly. Yeah. But I'm calling bullshit because yeah. I can count. Yeah, definitely not nine seconds. No, I mean whether Google's true or not, but they said it was seventeen. So that's just fine. absolutely not true. No, I, I believe. Yeah, I believe that that's if yep. if you said twenty five seconds, I'd have believed you. Mm-hmm. But they kept making the point over. Yes, and it was over I, again. I thought, mm, and I I actually only found this out because I was googling King Kong Bundy. And did you see what TV show he appeared in? No, I did not. My wife and kids, I think it I is. I love is that. A, How did I not know? Yeah, that? he had a. Oh, okay. But then I, when I watched it, I wouldn't have known who the hell he was. Kids, so. that's right, isn't it? I don't it's know. like in the eighties, nineties American oh. TV show. No, I don't think it's my wife and kids. Then. No, that's the guy with one of the Wayans brothers, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. No, that didn't sound right when I said it. All my children. Could be. All my children. We'll go Again, I wouldn't have known. Um, Someone could fact It's very check American, me. I think. It, it is. Yeah, it's not something that's made right. its way over here. But he was a special one-off character in that. And, uh, yeah, so we see King Kong Bundy with the alleged WrestleMania record of a nine-second pinfall. We'll allow that carny bullshit to slide on this one. And then we go backstage once more to Mean Gene Oakland. Before we go backstage, 
Do you know why he's never been inducted? King Kong Bundy? Yeah. I feel like I might have heard it in passing, but I don't know it's a hand. So you're about to <laughs> this was my Googling. <laughs> okay, so tell me, why wasn't King so, Kong Bundy inducted into the Hall of Fame? According to Wikipedia, um, it says that he basically was involved in a lawsuit against WWF in relation to wrestlers and injuries and how they weren't looked after properly and trying to push that forwards. And it says that his involvement in that case is the likely reason why he was never inducted. I did not know that. I feel like with yeah. King Kong Bundy, it might be they just weren't providing him enough meat on which to feast. <laughs> and that classed as a, an injury claim. Again, I take this all off the internet. So, no, But you, it's Wikipedia. So. It makes sense because when I look back on his career, he plays a key part in the next WrestleMania as well. Okay. Um, it feels like he's worthy as any other person. Yeah. Well, not any other person, but a lot of the people that have gone in there. I don't see why he wouldn't justify a place. Mm-hmm. So... And I think I had heard something like that before, but I'm glad that you're bringing some of the education to the okay, table. I I'll think try. that's very impressive. I did have to force some Googling through, especially that one. I was like, if I don't do Googling, I've got nothing to say. I mean, to be fair, in a nine-second match, what do you think I'm going to drag out? I mean, we've managed to talk about this about 15 times the length of the actual I thing. Know. Yeah, so again, right, again, that was yep. great. More of that, love that. Uh, Gene Oakland is backstage interviewing Matt Bourne. Now, I've got an interesting fact about Matt Bourne. Oh, okay. So, Matt Bourne, I can't remember if he had sunglasses on. Well, my notes say sunglasses inside. It doesn't say who, but I'm very angry because I put three exclamation marks. Then, yes, it was Matt Bourne. Okay. So, Matt Bourne was the man who played the very first iteration of Doink the Clown. Oh, okay. Have you heard of Doink the Clown? Yes, I have. Have you seen Doink the Clown? Yes. So, what became of Doink the Clown? It started off as a very grimy, gritty, kind of it like character yeah. where it was like a full-on villain scary oh, dude okay. and then it kind of it went very kiddie friendly yes. cream pies to the face mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but matt bourne was the original doink and he played it so well he had a lot of drug issues right so he left the the wwf not long after being doink so he wasn't doink for very long yeah but i think there was no trademark on it and Doink the Clown appeared in lots of different independent promotions oh. because WWF couldn't stop them doing it. I think they'd ask people to stop doing it, but it didn't stop but them doing it. But if it's not trademarked. But Matt Bourne appeared in several shows as Doink the Clown. Oh. I think he even did it in ECW, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. But he did it by far the best because he was a very good character actor. He wasn't mm-hmm. a bad wrestler, but his character acting was brilliant. And he really brought Doink the Clown to life. I think he was slightly before my time of watching it I remember watching Doink the Clown but when I was watching it he was already the kid friendly version right I don't really remember no. Matt Bourne's version but yeah just thought that was quite interesting yeah. to, to let you know always so sunglasses indoors mm. means that Holly is an instant fan of the future and original Doink the Clown <laughs> fourth of five interviews to flub what mm. they say Bourne says he'll win a steamboat is too nice yes, <laughs> yes. just I mean if that's make what it make saying, sense please Give me more than that. Such a surreal interview set up. And this is where I mentioned about one uh, person yeah. walking in, one mm-hmm. person walking out. So we then see uh, Steamboat starts looking at whatever the fuck SD Jones was earlier. Oh, so yeah. he's off there and then yeah. he kind of drags his attention back to the camera. Uh, the dragon says that he'll show how mean he can be tonight. Ooh, scary. <laughs> I mean, what is this? I know. Imagine having a feud over... You're too nice. No, I can be mean. Oh, it just seems very yes. pathetic. Mm. So I imagine you were fully, fully ready for this upcoming match. Oh, I was match. thrilled oh. on the edge of your seat stuff this was for me. So we go to the match. Yes. Matt Bourne 
against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I thought this was a nice little aesthetic, and you might have picked up on this yourself. The gear. Please. Yeah. Of course, of course I noticed the gear. What you got? <laughs> I just put it's a nice contrast for me. The face being in white, like the angelic kind of colour, I guess. And then the heel being in black. Exactly what I put pretty much. Oh. I put the face wearing white, heel wearing black. Clear distinction between the two. Absolutely. For Holly, that will help. Absolutely, for sure. I assume you know about Ricky Steamboat, though, to a point. See, him I, I did know about, but I didn't, I've not seen, obviously, some stuff, but I know his name, and I'd seen clips and stuff. And then, but for me, it cemented it when he goes, like, the, the crowd reaction for me cemented. Oh, okay. They love him. Yeah. So, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is a lifelong baby face. I don't think he's ever worked here at least on a main stage he was probably one of the best in-ring workers in the 80s okay not the most charismatic promo it wasn't no. the worst one we've seen no night, that's for damn sure um but he was one of unquestionably the best in-ring wrestlers of the 80s he had a big feud with rick flair okay. that he eventually won the world the nwa world title mm-hmm. from him his time in wwf he had a couple key moments uh, wrestlemania 3 being one of them okay um, which was really good and other than that, they kind of turned him, as they do with everyone else, Vince needs to put his own stamp on him. Mm. So instead of just allowing him to be what him. we see yeah. here, he actually kind of not made him a dragon costume, because that sounds silly, but he had this kind of Aztec headgear, mm. and they had like this kind of, I guess wings is the only way I can describe it. It didn't look quite like wings, but it's when you put your arms out, it kind of looked oh, like he right, had yeah. a wingspan, and he'd come out and he'd blow fire. Okay. Because he's the dragon. Oh, I see. Stupid. Just let him okay. be. So he, they, he got overly gimmicks. And most of his best work was done in NWA mm-hmm. and WCW Jim Crockett promotions. That was where right. his big stuff. But he also came back, and we'll see this down the line, and had a WrestleMania match when he was in his 50s with Chris Jericho. Oh, really? Around the time. Do you remember the film The Wrestler? How do I not know that? Came um, out. Yeah. So about 2009? Yes. So oh, okay. He had a match then. I won't spoil anything no, for we'll you. Get there. Eventually, in about a year's <laughs> time, the way that we're doing these. But yeah, it was uh, interesting. So that's a bit of background Thank on. Thank you. Are you finding these helpful? Because I want to be yeah. just throwing. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't want. You'll see when I'm not. My eyes will glaze over. This yeah. is interesting. Or you'll tune out, and I can usually gauge when yeah. you've tuned out. So I'll try yeah. and try and read no, the room. That's interesting. Okay. So Steamboat shows his athleticism immediately with two beautiful leapfrogs before connecting with a mm-hmm. stiff martial arts chop at the second time of asking. Oh, that's what that is then. Well, well they I've... call it a martial arts chop. It's a chop. So why I've written down a knife edge question knife mark. Knife edge chop? Is yeah. that what they... It okay, is. Cool. Yeah, because basically the, when they call it a knife edge, it's because you're using like the, part, part the sharp part of your hand, I guess, mm-hmm. if it was a knife. Again, I've hit the microphone there. But because Ricky Dragon Steamboat has got martial arts yes. background which he doesn't as far right. as I'm aware okay. he throws when he throws a chop it's a it's martial a, arts chop oh I see because basically anything in the 80s mm-hmm. it, and it's more stereotypical in an American promotion when it's a Japanese worker mm. anything they throw like that is oh because they've got a martial arts background because it's the land that's mystical and magical and right. it's a bit of a stereotype so okay. anyone that had any kind of martial arts alleged background yeah. they again it's like how we said in a street fight they call it a rear naked choke oh yes and then in an mm-hmm. actual wrestling match they'll say sleeper hold it's yes that kind of nonsense so the dragon lands perfectly on his feet reversing a back suplex which mm-hmm. we don't often see when you see them reverse out of it he landed perfect yeah, yeah. not didn't stumble no. didn't do anything wrong no great and then connects with an atomic drop now how do you feel about the atomic drop now i'm 
going to explain the move to you because yeah. based on your face you're not convinced of what it is no because i also clearly haven't noted it down so an atomic drop is let's say you're standing in front of me yes you put your arm around my neck yeah i grab you like that put one hand under your leg lift you up in the air mm-hmm. and then drop you ass first on the knee oh that that oh that's what that is what do you think of that as a move yeah hmm. be honest you're in a safe environment be honest it's shit what would that do that would give you because sore ass yeah because you in theory and it depends on how people sell it because if people kind of get up and like they grab their ass and start walking around like they've just been punched in the ass believable yeah there's a one cell later for the atomic drop which is bollocks like he gets hit with it Mm. and then just falls to the ground like his legs are made of noodles oh yes i remember i know where you yes i yep that Mm -hmm. cell to be fair even though it wasn't a good sell of that move. It was a good sell because I believed he was actually fucked. Yeah. But I just, I've never been a fan of this move. No. It looks silly. So <laughs> I don't quite know what I've written here, but I've got Stanky Leg by Ooh. Ricky. Yeah, so I think he dance. was throwing his, his leg around in uh, fanciful shapes. Yeah. Before returning to a side headlock. And that was the theme of a lot mm. of these matches. I've put, oh, good, another headlock. Randy Orton's taking notes. <laughs> A brief fight back by Bourne before Steamboat applies a third side headlock. Mm-hmm. And one vocal fan loudly shouts, Boring! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just one, but it carries... But it really does. It carries so beautifully. It really does. So, so beautifully. Belly-to-belly suplex by Bourne, who then cold yeah. cocks the dragon to the jaw while he's lying down. Again, effective. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Like that. Nice suplex by the Maniac, Matt Bourne, obviously his nickname being the mm-hmm. Maniac, I forgot to mention that earlier, but the commentary explains why he won't get the win here. So I thought that was interesting, because obviously it means nothing to those in the arena, but after the suplex, he mm. went for a cover, and the commentator's like, oh, why is he going for a pin here, that's never going to work. Well, I don't know, back then a suplex might have finished a match. Yeah. I Who don't knows? know if I, because at first I went, oh, that's quite interesting, because they kind, I think they explained a bit of the logic to say, oh, he hasn't been worn down enough. Yeah. It's, and I think was it, it was Gorilla that said that, and then Ventura came out with a comment and said, oh, he said, but two and a half, there's not much difference between two and a half and a three. So if you think he got two and a half, mm. how close was he actually to getting the win? Why was it not worth a try? Fair point. Yeah, fair point. Win is a win. Yep. An exchange of blows leads to a back suplex and swinging net breaker from Steamboat. I like that. Lovely swinging net breaker. Running knee drop, make it two. A smooth running exchange ends with the dragon hitting a double throat thrust, is what I think they said oh, it was. But okay. it didn't look like he did anything. It looked like he kind of did a flying Glaswegian kiss, <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> honest. A flying headbutt. Yeah, because even not the the replay, because we see it from behind Steamboat yes. as he takes off. So it looks like he just cracks heads with yeah. him. From the side angle, I'm still not entirely sure what it was. It looked like he just pushed him in the chest. Mm. Top rope, flying crossbody by Steamboat, leads to the one, the two, and the three. And we hear a wonderful call after a knee drop, which I felt the need to actually go back and write. And this was a gorilla monsoonism. Okay. And it's technically a shoot. What you're saying is right here, but it's a ridiculous way of saying it. So if someone hit you with a knee in the head, you say, oh, been hit with a knee in the head. Yeah. If you're gorilla, you say the external occipital protuberance. Jesus Christ. And I love that. It's factual. It's. I looked it up. It is factual. It's actually true, but yeah, no, no. no. Um, and I put AKA the best way to describe uh, the back of the head. So from now on, every chance I get to say the back of the head, I'm going to say the external occipital protuberance, okay. and hopefully I remember because it's only written on this page. 
And uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat wins the match. Yep. In terms of the content of the match, mm-hmm. compared with what's come before it, this was levels above, I thought. Oh, for sure. And sorry. you're so happy you punched the living shit Gosh. out of the microphone. Yeah, I know. I will be honest, yeah. and not to give the game away what we got later in the card. Oh, was this your fave? I think it's probably my match of the night. Okay. I can't... Mine wasn't. This one. I'm trying to think of what else comes. The Certainly, I remember... Because it was the last one. Wow. <laughs> No, wow. I am. I am joking. I just knew you'd react if I said that's that. That's tough. <laughs> that is so tough. No, that's not true. Certainly, up to this point, it was my yeah. match of the night. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and now we go wow. back to everyone's favourite. This poor, poor man, Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, at first, he doesn't actually look awkward. I feel like he's got his his sea no. legs. Until he looks, he looks steady, <laughs> uh, but then the wrestlers walk by yeah. and he falls to pieces. Absolutely. But I was so confused because I was like, "Hang on." Is this meant to be happening? He's literally just stood in the corridor. Why would you stand him there when you know people are going to be walking in and out? Did you see the look on... I don't know if it was Ricky Steamboat's face. Yes. Where he's like, um, am, am I supposed I to be walk walking here? here? Yeah. And but, so like weird. I said, the one time I'm like, you've got this, Al. I believe in you. Yeah. You're the hero of this. And he gets screwed over. Immediately falls to pieces. Livid. There's one later which he oh. absolutely... Oh, it's my yeah. favourite moment of the entire show, if I'm being honest. But this really solidified for me. Screw all the wrestlers and celebrities that are in this. This guy is my favourite guy. <laughs> I just There's wanted to I, hug him. Oh, he's great, isn't he? So we then go to Gene Oakland, where he's interviewing David Sammartino. This gave me a headache. Okay. Why did it give you a headache? It's chaos. It is chaos? Absolute pure chaos, but not in a good way for me. So, I'm going to give you a bit of background on this. Okay. So, David Sammartino was there with his dad, Bruno. Yes. You've heard the name Bruno Sammartino. I have, yes. Bruno Sammartino, even to this day, is the longest reigning WWF champion of Mm -hmm. all time. This stems from the 60s. He had two reigns, one in the 60s, one that went into the 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of his reigns, I believe, was nine years. Oh, wow. And he was in... Yeah, so in New York and in the Northeast Territories of the United States, there was a lot of large immigrant community from mm. various parts of Europe because if you think about travelling over to the yeah, States by yeah. boat, which what everyone would have been doing back then, mm-hmm. New York is the first landmass that you're going to hit mm-hmm. on the States. So there's a big Italian community there, mm-hmm. there's a big German community there, Irish community. So anyone who's got a bit of an ethnic background that's diverse, they'll usually find a lot of people in that area mm-hmm. that will associate with a working class right. individual I who's see. come over as mm-hmm. a I think San Martino, if I'm right in thinking, was born in Italy during the war and his family, his mum specifically, moved them to a mountainous range where the Nazis just weren't going to kind of pull Mm -hmm. people out of the crowd and they eventually came over to the United States. He was a very small boy and then he just got bigger and bigger and bigger, took the weights. Because even now you look at him, you can tell he's an older man, but you can tell he's a kid. Yeah, he's got a good physique for an older man he had a power lifter's body is how yeah, i describe it yeah. he was a strong man and that's how he kind of got involved in the wrestling in the first place oh, okay. he was spotted through there he had such a big following from the italian community mm-hmm. in new york boston all these areas and you could even tell when we again jumping ahead slightly when they come out to the ring he is the loudest reception oh, God, yeah. of the night absolutely which is amazing i think so David Sammartino, yes. it's not even nepotism. So David Sammartino wanted to be a wrestler by all accounts. Uh-huh. The WWF had fallen out 
with Bruno in general because Bruno was of the era prior to when steroids started to really become a big thing. And Bruno didn't think that was wrestling, that was cheating. That was beneath him. But when you look at the likes of Hulk Hogan, Mm. superstar Billy Graham, who we we don't see here, but he was a guy that... um, had a match. I think he took the title off San Martino the second time of asking. Okay. Heavy steroid user as well. Oh, wow. And San Martino wanted to distance himself away from yeah. the product. He didn't like what it was becoming. Mm-hmm. WWF wanted him to be part of WrestleMania. Yeah. They did everything they could to think of to get him at that show because of how important he was to not only the company itself but the fans. Fans, yeah. They knew that that would get a big reaction if they could For get sure. Bruno San Martino on the card. He was never going to wrestle. No. They basically, in no uncertain terms suggested to Bruno well if you don't turn up we're not going to use your boy oh okay so they used the fact that it would hold back David's career bit of a guilt trip type thing by him not turning up and doing the managerial side of it so Bruno didn't really want to be there but for the benefit of his son's career yeah he took one he took one for the the team David Samartino he's not in bad shape himself but he's short yes he was never ever in a million years going to get to anywhere near what his dad was right and it's really quite uncomfortable to see knowing the circumstances around it uh, in the background okay yeah see i would obviously not have a clue no i like to consider myself a relative historian on things <laughs> anything that i love a documentary on wrestling yeah. teach me stuff i don't know yeah so i this is something that i've seen i think it was in a bruno documentary or i've seen interviews mm-hmm. where he's been asked about this in the past and bruno actually didn't die that too long ago i think it was like 2017 okay. 16 um, which was a pretty good innings for a wrestler of that era, especially when you see how young some of them have passed away. But, and I don't really begrudge Bruno entirely here, but he walks all over David in this interview, completely takes for away from him. Sure, this is. I think this is also why I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I'm meant to be focusing on. I don't know who is the key person here. Because I obviously didn't have that background, like of knowing, mm-hmm. and so I just the walls go down, and I just go, I'm just not going to bother. Like, yeah, this is too much for me. And and to give as much as I, I didn't really shit on David because he didn't really have a fair crack mm-hmm. at it. But I thought his promo up to the point where he got completely trampled and stampeded by his dad wasn't bad by the comparison yeah. of some of the ones that had come before it. Um and his dad completely overshadows him as soon as and, and what's annoying was Bruno wasn't teed up I can only assume that they knew they had such a small window to get mm-hmm. everything in Bruno was like I know I need to say something and yeah. he's going on too long I'm going to jump in over him but it completely steamrolled him mm-hmm. and I felt I just felt bad for David I really did yeah fair play and then we see luscious Johnny Valiant oh okay in the sparkly jacket yeah. coming out with um, his boy Brutus Beefcake mm-hmm Brutus Beefcake, you might have heard of before. He was known as the Brutus the Barber Beefcake. You may have heard that name. I had, but I also Googled. Okay. I Googled him, and that's where it told me the story of how originally he was billed as Hogan's brother. Oh, Ed Boulder, wasn't it? Was it was very confusing. Yeah, so he is uh, like Hulk Hogan's, I don't want to say best friend now, but he's definitely his best friend within the business. Yeah, it said they like track, like. They trained and then they were like, oh, let's bill him as being your brother. And then it said that later on that caused a mass confusion for fans Mm -hmm. when they obviously stopped doing that. Yeah. And uh, so Ed Leslie is um, the guy's real name. Mm. He basically always had a job. If Hogan was in a company, 
Ed Leslie oh, would have a I job. See. Whether it was in, and he would always get used above maybe where he should have been slotted right. on the card. It's not he was what never you a know, main, it's who you know. Yeah, he was never a main event talent. Okay. Upper mid card at one point, I'd say, is yeah. fine. And it wasn't too long after this era where he probably fell into that kind of okay. area. But even in WCW later on, and I don't know if you looked up, did you see about Ed Leslie's uh, incident that happened with his face? Uh, see, it came if, up and it, it, it did... I did start, and then I was like, I can't, this is too long. I'll I save know. that story. I stopped not concentrating on the match at that point. I'm going to save that story for around about WrestleMania 9, because I think okay. that's not too long after it actually Oh, happened. okay, cool. Or after he'd recovered from it, yes. I should say. Um, but yeah, that's who Brutus Beefcake mm-hmm. is. And Pat Patterson, mm-hmm. who we've discussed previously, was Vince McMahon's right-hand man yes. on a lot of the booking uh, decisions. What he did as, again... Obviously, there were gay wrestlers before Pat Patterson, but mm-hmm. Pat Patterson was one of the first that was widely accepted okay. at the level that he was. That isn't to say that there weren't others that came yeah. before him. And interestingly enough, so the way that Pat Patterson felt comfortable in talking about his sexuality was that he'd make a joke about it before you could show that he was comfortable with it. Yeah. It's, it's not a serious thing. Yeah. It's not an issue. And it's sad that you know he felt the need you to do to, that. Yeah. It was a different era. Mm-hmm. I've got to take that into consideration. But one thing he would often do when helping create the character of a bad guy was that he would try and do things to get the bad guys to get homosexual slurs thrown oh. at them because that was a heelish thing to do. Like okay. it, and it was very strange. And Brutus Beefcake was one of them. When they turned him into the barber, yeah. that was supposed to be, from what I've read and, and heard, yeah. was supposed to be like a homosexual thing that was done to get heat because, oh, if you're gay, that's not normal. That's wrong. Right. Again, different era but yeah, that was that's a lot so of the, strange to think is, about obviously in our world like yeah because it's so well, i mean don't get me wrong there's still people in society that just oh, don't stuck in their ways stupid. antiquated yeah, yeah stupid for lack of a better term but it's interesting yeah. to see how different people coped with it mm-hmm. and that was pat patterson's way of coping okay. with it so this was before the the barber gimmick, yes but i thought it was interesting enough to, mm-hmm. to raise here so luscious Johnny Valiant, I think he's cutting a decent promo. You can tell yeah. there's a natural charisma there mm-hmm. in him. Former wrestler himself okay. makes sense. He's got a bit of flamboyancy about him, but then he turns his back to the camera, which I'm okay with. Because mm. I say you're above them, I don't need to look at them. And this is something that Hulk Hogan, when he was a heel before he became Hulk Hogan, yeah. used to do. He would just turn his back to the camera and not say anything, oh. which was quite interesting. But there's a moment and it just it lasts a little bit too long and it completely fucking tears it up mm. where Gene then asks Brutus a question and Brutus is not supposed to answer anything but yeah. Johnny doesn't cut him off quick enough and so he, he puts the camera in front of him there's that pause like I've just done there yeah. and Brutus goes oh yeah that's so dumb and so. Johnny goes I don't want him talking to you I do the talking for him and I just thought oh, had he just not done the raspberry fine just stay silent not a bad promo yeah. fine Sadly, we end with a raspberry. Mm-hmm. We go to the match. Yeah. Brutus Beefcake with luscious Johnny Valiant mm-hmm. against David Sammartino with Bruno Sammartino. And talk about the crowd reception. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. It's This is something that we just won't get really in wrestling these days. No. For something so simple. Don't get me wrong, we get the occasional oh, yeah, you big get the reaction. big pops for certain people, but nothing like that. Not like that. And it wasn't like a, a women's, like you need to say, when Roman Reigns comes yeah, out yeah. around you, you get that high It was ev- like it was everybody. It, it was a collective. Like. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And it was that kind of atmosphere that makes yeah. it feel big time. It's the mm-hmm. first time on the night where I felt like this is something to be taken seriously. Yeah. I kind of get it. 
David Sammartino, first to not be already in the ring for introductions. Mm. And that's purely so that he and his dad can come out and yes. he can get that reception live on camera. Yes. I said Bruno getting a far warmer reception than his son did on this night or he ever would. Yeah, sadly. of course. Takes an age for them to lock up. Doesn't it just? But I'm quite grateful because I was still doing notes on the interview but oh, they just enough. came before it. So it allowed me an opportunity <laughs> to bring myself up to speed because they went, they teased it, mm-hmm. stepped away, tease it, stepped away and so on and so forth. Jesse came out with an interesting statement here on commentary. Okay. He said, whoever loses here is going to have their career set back 6 to 12 months, potentially even 18. That's very specific. What? So he's trying to imply that the importance of a WrestleMania match... Mm. By losing, it sets you so far back in your right. career progression. But it's such an overly specific yeah, pile of shit. Very specific. 18 months. Yeah. Or okay. potentially even 18 months. Crazy. I don't know who's deciding that. Who decides how far it goes back, actually? Is there a committee? Like a, yeah, maybe. Vince McMahon just goes, oh, sorry, pal. I think that's going to be 12 months for you. That's number that, five, is that? That is very good, yeah. It's not, it's not quite husky enough, but no. I'll get there. I'll get there. It's something that will fine tune. Brutus gets overzealous and runs into a drop toe hold. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Simple moves. Whilst the two exchange holds, we get a picture in picture of Bruno. And again, you know that this is the yeah. selling point of this match. Yeah. And it's not the only time that they do the picture oh, no. in picture on Bruno. What do you think about the picture in picture? Did it feel um, ahead of its time? <laughs> ahead of its time. Probably. Probably. I don't we... know because I wasn't alive. True, and I guess you haven't got anything to compare it with out of the old stuff. But for me, that felt like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I was like, oh, that's interesting. But also, stop making the picture even smaller. It was already hard enough trying to watch it through a letterbox on the telly as it was. I think that's just maybe... How big's your TV again? Not big, I'm aware. What's the inchage? I don't know. It's not big enough to measure. (laughs) I've been telling women that for years. (laughs) Front face look from David, and once more Bruno is referenced... Beefcake body slams David to escape a straight arm bar, but Sammartino holds on. Lengthy side headlock as Gorilla spouts nonsense about game plans. He said something to the effect of, and I'm not going to be doing it verbatim because I didn't write it down because quite frankly it was so stupid I nearly passed out. He said, what I always wanted to do, Jess, is make sure that I was dictating and implementing my game plan. Don't use the uh, opponent's game plan. And if you can't do either, just wing it. Eh? What? I'm glad I didn't pick up on that. Well, so he's saying either I want to do my game plan, I don't yeah. want to do theirs. Right. But if I can't do my game plan or they, their game plan, we'll just wing it. Okay. You, you know, it's scripted. It's very confusing. It was one of those ones where you try and make it sound like a, a sporting. He tries to put like a sporting spin, yeah. a metaphor on it, and just didn't land. No. Didn't land at all. Came across as absolute bollocks. Shoulder block and hip toss by Brutus, but he's taken down with another drop toe hold. And then various leg locks by San Martino, including a spinning toe hold follows, which is like, it looks like the setup for a figure four leg lock, but Ooh, he doesn't actually yeah. mm-hmm. apply it. Eye rake by Brutus results in a back body drop, and then a fist drop, and then body slam. As David absorbs punishment, we see Bruno on screen in screen yet again. Yep, of course. After a succession of elbows in the corner, David counters an Irish whip and hits a back body drop. Mm-hmm. Pace quickens. Oh, and David hits a suplex for a two before Brutus sends him to the floor. Yep. And there, this is where we see some shenanigans. Yes, don't we just. Now, I know that you're a big fan oh, I of manager him. involvement. No, I love it. Give uh, it more. And what please. do we see uh, Luscious Johnny do? 
at this point i don't remember because there was more than one thing every time i knew every time someone had a fucking manager there honestly just annoyed me so much i remember the end of this because it's just stupid so we see luscious johnny body slam david on the cement which can't be nice oh yeah but gets attacked by Bruno, and the crowd oh, yes, erupts. That. Yes, they loved it. Erupt, mad. The fight continues into the ring, and the ref calls the match off as the heels escape. Oh yeah. So a no contest, double disqualification. It's so ridiculous. I don't see how it's a double disqualification because surely one person does it first. Exactly this. Valiant body slammed. Yeah. David San Martino so didn't try and hide it. Bosh, done. Exactly. Bruno was doing a retaliatory action. I will be honest again, by the standard, not a bad match on the yeah, night. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it, I'll be honest. I got a little bit annoyed towards the end, obviously. You always do with manager involvement. But, of course, absolutely. But I didn't mind it. I thought this one actually was more amusing than anything, because even at the beginning when the match starts, it's like um, Brutus is there going, he's got grease on him. And I thought, oh, this is actually mildly entertaining. It's a bit more, I don't want to say slapstick. Yes. Although there is a moment yes. of slapstick later in the show that we see. And then, where do we go after this match, Holly? Um, where do we go? Do we go back to our our friend? We go back to our friend, Mister Lord. Oh, sorry, Mister. Oh, I'm taking Ooh, his lordship. Before away from we him. go back, would you like an age check? Absolutely, would like an age check. So, um, David, yeah, was twenty five. Okay, yeah, I could, yeah. And Bruce yeah. was twenty eight. Both looking easily in their forties. Bruce's for sure. David kind of has the puppy. It's the quaffed. Chi- yeah, it's it is. the hair. I mean, I get it at the time, and also like great, lovely, luscious looks. But men having a blow dry like that, it does a blow make what? it blow dry. Right. Give over. Does make to me ages. Ages. It does. Them. It does. It dates it. Everyone in that era looked old. Yeah, it's like the the school photos that they do in high school. Yes. The, the class, everyone's kind of side on to the camera yeah. with quaffed hair, glasses and yeah. braces often. Everyone's looking 30, but you're actually only like 14, 15. Yeah, waiting for life to begin. Yeah. Like, your life is over, bitch. Like, <laughs> this is, you peaked. So we go back to our boy, Alfred Hayes. who and So Gorilla and Jess recap what we've seen. So almost like they're trying to kill time. Yeah. So Gorilla then goes to pass it over to... Al Hayes but they kind of end up like Al misses his cue he thinks he's getting it earlier than he is yeah and starts talking but yet you can hear him in the background because obviously they're not ready for to go live with him uh, and Gorilla comes out with another wonderful bit of phraseology here he says that the main event will be the confrontation of all time <laughs> what the, confr- Just the confrontation yeah there's never been a confrontation before this confrontation no. the greatest the biggest the we're missing a descriptive word here, uh, Gorilla. Let, get back to me on that one because I feel like you've missed... Maybe he just doesn't know that word. So I feel like he's maybe. missed it out of every opportunity yeah. that he's had. Or maybe he's been given a max word count. So Love just that. been off been off the yeah. a and couple he, of times. <laughs> oh, no, he got the. The was fine. He started <laughs> it with the. <laughs> just the confrontation. So Alfred misses his cue, starts talking before they cut to him. It's eventually then cut to him. Oh, yeah. And then they cut him off. I know. He hadn't finished. I know. Oh, it's just great. It was just the gag that kept on giving in Honestly. this show. It was brilliant. It was a nice thread that ran throughout the event. Yeah. It kind of actually became what I looked forward to. Yeah. And you knew you were getting it after yeah. every match. Yeah. Again, still not reached my highlight with him yet. No. I, I bet it's the same thing. I think thing. I know where it's I coming. I bet it's the same thing. 
Actually, there's two. He's, his two favourite moments are, are yet to come. So Gene interviews Greg Valentine, mm. and the mullet wins the best promo of the night so far. For yeah, me. <laughs> that is a quaffed mullet. It is sensational. Isn't it just? Sensational. And he basically says he's going to win because he talks about hitting the hardest, and I'm guessing that's a play on the fact his nickname is The Hammer. Oh, went right over my head. Now, one of the most nonsensical things of the night follows this up. Okay. We see Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Have you heard of Junkyard Dog before? No, I hadn't until okay. this point. So, partway through his promo, mm. I can only describe it as him having a conniption or a seizure of some kind. Okay. Because he go, I think I wrote it down, uh, talking about bones, yeah, So because he's a dog. So yeah, dogs like bones. Um, but he's not a dog. And he just yeah. comes up with this weird. So it's in halfway oh, through it. Like, are you okay? Yes, yes. It was just the uh-huh. mid-sentence, and then went back to the promo. Is that it number was, six as well? But yeah, but that yeah, was, it was odd. And I was like, this is why I think people are unhinged. When oh, I was oh this. you can't be normal to be a wrestler. It's crazy. You normal people also, do not. You're not a well. dog. Yeah, oh, he's a junkyard dog. No, you're not a dog. No, but he's. He, but he's the junkyard dog and they like bones so silly and then they reference in commentary later about old dog food and the, oh, it's ridiculous yeah. you're not actually though no but yeah I'll be honest going into the show when I wrote this down I knew I was going to slip into an impression of that one that's oh, okay. the only one I thought I was yeah. actually going to do mm-hmm. because it's little just, did you know you'd already cracked out some by this point so to speak yeah I mean <laughs> there's not many people <laughs> oh, I haven't <laughs> sorry hey, you said that sorry just to be clear I have not okay so <laughs> Yeah. Junkyard Dog cuts just a bizarre promo, yeah. and we go to the match. But Greg also, Valentine. Oh, oh no, 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 you no. go because I think I'm cutting in early. Okay, right. But again, cut me off if you need to. Greg Valentine with Jimmy the Heart. Jimmy the Heart. Jimmy the Heart. The mouth of the South Heart is what <laughs> yeah. I was trying to say. Versus Junkyard Dog for the Intercontinental Title. Yes. I'm waiting for you to cut me off now. Yeah, I will when when it's Fine. when it's time. All right. JYD given music played for his entrance and yeah. he trips as he walks out. Yeah. Okay. But also, why does he get an entrance? He was a big star. You was know? he? He was. Okay. Yeah, in the WWF, he was at probably, this point. Yes. Okay. Uh, he did a lot of work in uh, the Mid Atlantic region. Right. Um, again, one of the territory mm-hmm. systems uh, that WWF absolutely pillaged in okay. terms of getting their talent. Um, he was a big star, and there was, I think, he was. Uh, in the mid-Atlantic area, I think he was made a champion and he was one of the first black champions mm-hmm. in wrestling. And it was, I can't remember the booker that, that pushed him. Cowboy Bill Watts, I think, was a big fan of him. And he kind of, in terms of the wrestling circle, because everyone had a niche. It was like either, like I said, with Bruno San Martino, it's the, the immigrant following all this. Right. Like, let's be fair, Hulk Hogan, the Great White Hope, that kind right, of. Right, I see. And Junkyard Dog was like one of the top okay. black professional mm-hmm. wrestlers at the time and he just he was so charismatic even in that promo where yeah. it was just drivel there was a natural yeah. charisma that he had that was clear to see uh, okay so it confused me because up to this point only one people like only one people <laughs> make the sense only one person had had their entrance really entrance music wasn't a massive properly. thing and then all of a sudden from that point onwards everyone gets one yeah so entrances they mm-hmm. had Music wasn't a massive thing. One of the... Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of... So in the 80s is when entrance music kind of started, but not yeah. everyone had it. So in uh, world-class championship wrestling, so the Von Erichs territory, yeah. they used to come out to, to music, the, the Von Erich boys. Uh, the fabulous Freebirds used to come out to music. Hulk Hogan came yeah. out to music. I know that 
Junkyard Dog did have music, but it's difficult to tell. I can't tell if they dubbed this in after the fact okay. rather than played it live. And I think on the main event, I know the answer to that because I'm pretty sure what we hear is not what was played. Oh, really? And I'll, okay, I'll tell you yep, that when we get yep. there. So, yeah, he trips over, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. It just looks so uncool. And uh, you can see the outline of his penis, which I noticed yes. as well. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, Finkel awful. says that the contest has a one-hour time limit, and I can feel the uh, blood rush from Holly's body. Honestly, I thought I thought that was it. I thought my life was done. Yeah, I imagine. Awful. Uh, the forty-sixth time, Gorilla says WrestleMania is a happening. If is you're keeping a, count, it's a happening. It's a happening, Jess. Uh, ducking and diving starts the contest before JYD slaps on an arm lock. So it's not a side headlock, though. We're no. moving up the rest holds. We're moving. Worrying that a rest hold kind of starts the contest. It's not usually a sign that it's going to be good. No. Was, um, just out of interest, Greg, is it Greg Valentine? Was he any link at all to Ric Flair? Is there any no. link? Because what I noticed, obviously, he wore the robe. He wore, he wears a robe that looks very much so like the Ric Flair robe. His hair is exactly the same. I, Everyone does the freaking figure four at this point. So, yeah, that was his, his move as well. Yeah, and I was like, hang on, is... Mm-hmm. is I didn't know if there was a connection or a link or anything. No, so um, Greg Valentine's dad Mm. was also Johnny Valentine, who was a wrestler Mm. in his own right, so he's a second-generation competitor. I believe he came round in the mid-70s, I want to say, so he might have... I think him and Flair wouldn't have been too far apart when they started, but the professional... They're in a ring together, it's like twins. I guess, I mean, Valentine's a bit more of a chunky boy, let's be fair. With the robes in wrestling, that's something that's been done for many many oh, years oh is it just an well, older thing that i just won't have seen yeah so classical uh wrestling so if we're looking back at like the luthers carl gotch era which i know means nothing to you but they're yeah. early professional wrestling champions from the, the nwa side they would come out in like a boxing robe you know you oh, see yeah, boxers yeah. back in the day yeah. would come out in those kind of robes not the flashy sequin no. stuff but just a almost dressing gown yeah like. That was what people used to do. The first one that i and again probably wrong but the first one that i remember seeing images of that had more of a fantastical, glamorous approach bit to it. Bit of pizzazz. Bit of pizzazz was Gorgeous George. Okay. Gorgeous George was around in the 50s. Mm-hmm. He, oh, well, 40s, 50s, to be fair. He was very flamboyant, and that's kind of brought in the robe. So if I'm a betting See, man, okay. a lot of the... Would have come, would have from, been come from Gorgeous okay. George. I think, like I said, if I'm looking at it chronologically, yeah. Valentine and Flair started okay. about the same time. I suppose because my, yeah, my only reference is Flair there. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I okay. mean, because that's who you're used to. You uh, you might have heard yeah. of Valentine before, potentially, yeah. but beyond that, you couldn't yeah. pick him out of a lineup. So the hammer misses a fist drop, and the dog hits rushing headbutts from his knees because he's a dog. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah. That's all I wrote. Weird. Uh, you didn't I, even say what it was, you just put it's weird. It's weird. I've got all fours headbutt. Why? Weird. Why? Because he's a dog. Different dogs don't freak out. <laughs> Even dogs don't do that. Not all of them. Well, goats do, don't they? Yeah. Junkyard goat. The JYG. It's just a bit odd. Arm lock by Greg before he clubs JYD off his feet. Valentine works over the legs to soften up for the figure four leg lock. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. If that's your finishing move, you've got to sort out the legs. Yeah, true. And on commentary, they said, oh, I don't know if he'll be able to get it on JYD because he's got thick legs. (laughs) Okay. I mean, most wrestlers, you imagine, have (laughs) thick legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, leave Randy Orton out of this, okay. You'll get an opportunity to mention him later, I know, I was so happy. Uh, JYD counters the first first attempt. 
Oh, okay, right. So he counts as the first yep. attempt at the figure four leg lock, mm-hmm. but he's limping. Good yeah. sell. He's showing that he's, yeah. he's suffering the effects. Junkyard fires out of the corner with uh, Fists of Fury. Mm-hmm. Huge headbutt from JYD. Freezes Valentine, who timbers to the canvas. And I love that. Timbers. It is. Tell me that's yeah, not a timber. Yeah, no, it's a solid timber. But it's the far-off, distant look in his yeah. eyes. And then just Boom. faceplant. Flair has also one to do that as well, so um, I can see the tie. Okay. JYD grabs Hart, who's being a nuisance, before Valentine accidentally hits his own manager. Now, this is the fall. That looks ridiculous. Yeah. I rewound it to make sure... Because I saw um, Jimmy Hart on the floor holding the back of his head. I was like, how have you mm-hmm. hit the back of your head? But if you look, when Valentine hits him, when he goes to fall, his arse just kind of drops. Yes. His feet hit the other side of the ropes. Yeah. And he... Do you know he's lucky he did? Because otherwise he would have really yeah. cracked it. I think he kind of turtle shelled it as he fell. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, but that could have caved his head yeah, in. Absolutely. And also, that's your fault. Yes. No one caused you to fall down like that. Oh, At no. least nothing I saw suggested that it was anyone other than his fault. Just very, very odd. I mean, putting yourself at unnecessary risk as well. Mm-hmm. So JYD then throws big hands on the hammer, who pins the dog with his feet all over the ropes. Oh, yes, I did see. Obviously saw that. And then... Jesse Ventura on commentary is pretty quick to say the ref didn't see it. Doesn't matter. It counts. Uh, yeah, this is where I mean I, I wasn't mad at this, but this is where I got confused because I was like, why is this guy back? Getting to that. So Tito Santana with his wonderfully quaffed hair. Now oh, he's, dress got, shirt. he's got dressed now. He's very smart. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know you're coming back out, aren't you? Saying your pants. No, I actually preferred that he was dressed. Yeah, it's weird. Because he's not in your South African pins. Because he's not wrestling. Fair, fair point. It's not like I'll be honest. You know, Benoit when he he did half a job, took his shirt off, but left his dress trousers on but and shoes. He also had beautifully coiffed hair. <laughs> yes. So Santana runs out and tells um, the ref what he missed, and apparently that's all it takes. Yeah, I know. I mean, the people now should note this. Yeah, hundred percent. All you've got to do is just sit back, go outside, and go. No, no, you missed. Actually, that. just you know, like he had a handful of tights. I think you should go to go again. And they pick and choose when they kind of oh, use of that course. stuff. Where someone will come out and say, "No, that didn't happen." Yeah. They'll go, "Oh, okay." Of course, it's painful. I hate that kind of bollocks. Um, I would just wish they like bring this into the football game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the crowd go, "No, you're no. wrong, ref. You're a wanker." Oh, sorry, lads. Offside, offside. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, all right then. They're saying exactly. <laughs> Bullshit. The ref then decides to restart the match because mm-hmm. Valentine goes, nah, I won this. Yeah, I'm count- bouncing. Yeah, Walks count. off. He gets counted out. What a mess. So, do you not win a... You don't win a title then by count out? It's a bit of... Rel- oh, it's just... That's what I mean. Stupid. If he was willing to be pinned, like, so I can only assume that they wanted the fans to be able to cheer for Junkyard Dog yeah. but him not win the title. Why'd you have to have the bit where Valentine pins him at all? Yeah, just have true, a little Valentine go, I'm, I'm done with this, and, and walk just walk off. off. Yeah. Like, have him struggling, and then roll out the ring, and bosh, bye. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, I was with Valentine, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was like, well, you won the match. Yes, you cheated. You didn't yeah. get caught. It counts. Yeah, until this guy hopped in and snitched on you. Yeah, I think that's because they were building to a feud for the Intercontinental yeah. title between the two. And I believe it was Santana that actually took the title off uh, Valentine at a later date. Oh. So, yeah, JYD wins by count out, but does not get the title. No. Can't say I got excited about that one, if I'm being honest. No, I just made a comment about that. I actually really enjoy the shots of the crowd. No one's got a phone out. People are using proper cameras, like old school cameras, Polaroid if they want to take a photo. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm obviously a culprit of using my phone and stuff, but sometimes You're not that bad. it's nice to see people just enjoying something because they didn't have, they couldn't have done that back then. 
Okay, yeah, live in the moment. Quite nice. yeah. yeah, but you do what I don't have an issue with. So mm-hmm. we'll get somewhere, and yeah. you'll take an early photo, oh, yeah. and maybe a couple in. But then when I see you like recording stuff, you'll check to make sure you're looking. Oh at yeah, it, but I'm actually watching through my eyes rather yeah. than. I don't have actually, an issue. Actually, my eyes are shy, so I probably should watch it through my phone. But, but even at progress, yeah. just at the one picture of the ring, I was like, "Did you take any other pictures?" You yeah. went, "No, I didn't." Actually. Sometimes I just quite like to be in the moment. Oh, that's nice. But then the day later, I'll go. Oh fuck! I should have taken some photos. No, no, I agree. I, I agree with your approach. To be honest, thanks. So where do we go now? Oh, this guy. Oh. So we go back to his lordship once more. Oh, just... Alfred Hayes explains the upcoming tag team match. He says, um, "Athletes." He tries to say athletes. Again. Um, in this upcoming match, we'll see four <laughs> great athletes who will be competing for the WWF tag team titles. <laughs> So I don't know what an athlete is, but there's four of them in this match. Oh dear. Gene interviews the Iron wow. Sheik backstage, oh. who is borderline comprehensible, which is good for him. And uh, Gene calls Volkov uh, commie instead of comrade, because mm. clever. And we hear uh, the Sheik starting by going, Jin Min! Not Mean Gene, because... Oh. So he's... Yeah. But I don't think that's intentional. Okay. I think that's just what he does. Okay. Um, it was... And then, so... As it goes from Sheik, who's just shouting bollocks, it then goes to Volkov, who's not much more understandable. No. And then just as they're cutting away, Sheik starts hulking up and flexing and doing all this weird stuff. So, interesting fact. Okay. You might have already known this. He was the man who Hulk Hogan beat to get the WWF title. Oh, okay. So, what they did back in the day, and I might have mentioned something like this in passing to you before, Mm -mm. is they would always have in their head a long-standing champion. Mm. And when they wanted to go between one to the other, because it tended to be one good guy to another good guy, yeah. they had to have a transitional phase where a bad guy would They're take it guy. for a very short period of time and then lose it to the next one. Just so they, it wasn't so tedious, I guess. So they did this with Bruno San Martino. They had him lose um, to a guy, I think it was... I don't think it was Stan Stasiak, now I've said that, but it then was a short... It was a Russian. can't remember his name. Irrelevant to the story. And then it goes to another long-standing champion. And then Iron Sheik took it off Bob Backlund, who'd been champion for about six years, I want to Jesus say. Jesus Christ. Um, and Iron Such Sheik... Such a long time. Iron Sheik had it for about a week, two weeks, oh, three weeks. I see. And then Hulk Hogan. Before it goes back to another long-stander. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I couldn't deal with that. Imagine Roman Reigns having a nine-year title reign. I'm bored of his reign now, let alone... Bored of his Roman reign right now. Oh, no, he could... See what I did. He could, he could Roman reign, it's fine. Um. <laughs> I didn't even see that set up. I was like, where's she going with this? No, I just, no, I can't. We, I've expressed my thoughts on this previously. I shan't bore anybody. Well, yeah, I don't think you're boring anyone. I'm, I'm finding it fascinating. <laughs> so after we do um, oh. the Sheik Hawks up, they transition to Barry Windham right. and Bray Wyatt's daddy. Right. Help me here. Yep. I, I know... Windham and Rotunda. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Did a little bit of Googling as well, and I found that interesting. Yep. Who the fuck is the guy that's got ribbons coming out of his face? Captain Lou Albano. Why are there ribbons coming out of his face? They're not ribbons. You know what they are? No. Elastic bands. Why? Because he's quirky, Holly. <laughs> what the fuck? He's Cindy Lauper's dad in that music video. Honestly. I, I watched that, and I was like, nah, I definitely am seeing things here. And I was like, no, I'm not. I like the idea of you trying to retune your telly because you can't work out what's going <laughs> just, on with this man's face. I, I don't understand it. I, yeah. Weird. So you knew weird. that that was Bray Wyatt's dad? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So what I thought was really strange about this part of the interview, and again, at least they weren't in the same room. These were pre-taped ones. Mm. Because, okay, right, I'll get to I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay. They come out into the screen. Yes. Lovely little shoulder rub. Both of them just start, I think it's Wyndham, just giving a little touchy-touch to Gene Oakland, and Rotunda's just giving a little touchy-touch to Lou Albano, and I just feel uncomfortable. Oh, really? Watch it, just, it looks kind of like, because they're both kind of trying to look serious, but like, suave and mysterious they yeah doing that like pouty they were these guys kind of like well i don't know how to say it really the Not, american heartthrobs i guess so yeah because i mean who's who did i write down Wyndham. yeah blonde his eyes were pretty impressive i mean yeah. it's got eyes but no you know what i mean like and i and i did think in my head are these guys meant to be like the hot ones on the show, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they d- weren't really doing the boy band kind of thing yeah. quite yet, but okay. that's the closest that like, you're going to get to. Get it. the women interested by with these guys. Yeah, and to be fair, by the standard of the people on the show, that oh, is probably yeah, it. I mean. Yeah. Because Barry Windham and Rotunda, both within five years, look goddamn awful. Oh, like, awful. okay. Um, Windham changed his character. Well, he had several different guises under the WWF, which I won't bore yeah. you with here. But he used to always carry a little bit of timber. He was always kind yeah. of softer around the middle. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. But here, you're like, oh, actually, you were like kind of looked the part right, yeah. of the wrestler. And unfortunately for both of them, Wyndham had it a little bit more than uh, Rotundo. Wyndham had slightly bit of charisma. Rotundo has none. Right. Fine in the ring, but no charisma. It's And that's not a good combination. So mm-hmm. even though they're not referenced to as this in the show, I'm pretty sure they're referred to as the US Express. I think okay. that was their tag team name, but they always just said Wyndham and Rotunda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we see them, like I said, do the weird shoulder rub, yeah. uh, combine zero charisma, mm-hmm. and then we go to the match. Yeah. Which but, took a fucking age to start. Yes, it did. And I kind of, now having nearly jumped to the point ahead of time, I've now missed the point that I wanted to Oh, make. okay. Bearing in mind, they're wearing like polo shirt jeans, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So they Gene says... Why do you want to say, Wyndham? And then hands in the microphone. He goes, oh, we've said everything we want to say. We're, we're going to the ring. We're going to the ring right now. But strips his clothes off into his yeah, pants well, on the way. You're, you're wearing your full gear. And then, cause, and then I think they started with a rotundo who said something. And Wyndham just said, yeah, yeah, no, we're just, we're just going to the ring now. Mm-hmm. We're not, but... Yeah, okay. cheers. Thanks for that. So they get changed very quickly, like Superman very in the phone Very quick. Booth. Now we get the Soviet National Anthem. Before this, it was expressed it was a one-hour time limit, which, again, made me very sad. I think you'll notice the theme with that is title matches. Mm -hmm. And I think main event probably gets the exception. I don't remember what they announced for that. But, yeah, so we hear the Soviet national anthem. And we see... An absolute barrage of stuff being thrown into the ring. That is why they always think... So Vince is still in the mindset now that being foreign is heat. Oh, which is why they... Did those stupid matches with that Rusev, we've watched, yeah. Jinder Mahal, basically anyone. They even tried it with the Canadians, if you remember. Oh, God, yeah. Anyone that's not American will get heat because they're foreign and different. And different is weird. But obviously times have changed, but Yeah, because it then, worked like, perfectly back then. Yeah. They used to do stuff like post-war. Um, they would do a lot of um, workers that would be, let's say, from Hawaii or Samoa. Mm-hmm. They'd bill as being Japanese because mm-hmm. of the how fresh you know World War Two and Pearl Harbor Jeez. and all that stuff was. And because it would just get cheap heat, they didn't have to do anything other than being Japanese. Oh my god! And like I said, oftentimes they weren't Japanese. No, bloody hell! But it's again, like I said, it's if you accept it in the bubble, that's great yeah, heat. If, great heat. Yeah, if we take it for what it is. 
And after we hear the uh, Soviet national anthem, Sheik takes my phone and does his usual bit mm. of Iran number one, mm-hmm. Russia number one, America ah two. Yeah, spits. that's standard. That's what he right. Does. Okay. So that wasn't just specifically for this gimmick. That was just his okay. Thing. And we see uh, his boots with the. Yes, the, the curled up toes. Just reminded me of New Day, I'll be honest. I, I, I realised this when I saw them, because I was like, oh, I'll point that out to Holly, see if she spotted it. Yeah. Also, he's built like a keg, isn't he? Yes. So he was an actual amateur wrestling champion. I think he competed. I don't know if it was at the Olympics, but he definitely competed oh, wow. for the Iran as a nation. He came over to the States and ended up teaching amateur wrestling. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I don't think it was at university level, but I think it was probably maybe high school. And uh, he was legitimately a strong, natural wrestler and he was built like a keg yeah he i can't they were called i don't know if they're called like arabian clubs but they're two they almost look like rolling pins Mm. but really thick weights and he used to do this kind of rotation weight to show his strength and then he used to get try and get people out of the crowd to show that they couldn't do it oh i see and that was one of his Mm -hmm. things and one of his feuds in the 70s was with then wwf champion bob backland Mm. who was the all-american you know apple pie and that okay. kind of mm-hmm. cookie cut stuff and he well Backlund came out and accepted the challenge when he was the champion and even he looked like he struggled to begin with but then he started to do it and then he got attacked by oh, Sheik dropped one on the back of his neck mm. which he didn't mm. the weight landed next to him and then Backlund had to kind of position himself oh, under it okay. to look like he got trapped and that's how they ended up transitioning the title from Backlund to Sheik because mm-hmm. the Sheik's finishing move is the camel clutch so he put him in the camel clutch, Yeah. was pulling back. Even though he didn't tap, his manager threw in the towel because he knew he wasn't going to give up, but he couldn't get out of the hold. And that's how they took the title okay. away from Backland. Can't remember why I started that story, but I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And here we are. Do you feel enlightened? Mm-hmm. You, feel, you look thrilled. You look Thank really you. excited. Thank you. So what a cast of lunatics oh. in this match. Yeah. Just absolute nutters. So again, what do you make of the, uh, the elastic band accessories on... Uh, his face. When now I've told you what they are. Why? Why? Well, you might want to f- weird. fling something. It's, no, it's weird to it's me. It's part of you not want to put your finger in and pull it. And Absolutely just... not. Okay, no. no. Oh, oh. No. Honestly, that's one of the things that makes me. Oh, literally makes my. You know, when your spine goes a bit like. Ooh, that's yeah. one of the things for me. I don't like. It's yeah. weird. So me talking and just the idea. Yes, of and that doing that. Do no, thank you. Really? Like, no, weird. Also, that's a hazard. It is, yeah. I wouldn't go into if a fight with elastic bands drilled into wearing my face. hoop earrings, then you certainly can't wrestle or be near wrestling with that hanging out your face. So he did used to wrestle back in the day oh, um, in the the sixties mainly, um, but then he transitioned to be a manager. And I've def- I'm pretty sure I've seen him. I don't know if it was necessarily in this uh, show, but we had one of those not crocodile clips. What's one of those those pins that you can kind of put through clothing that you push it in and then the blade bit comes out you move it to one side and then you drop it back in Safety place pin. thank you he used to have that through his face with stuff hanging off it honestly it makes me feel sick. yeah i imagine it would i mean yeah. i certainly it wouldn't be me doing that no. personally also i didn't mention it at the time but he was definitely holding a beer when he was being interviewed wasn't he <laughs> yeah i do think just he was just a can on the go <laughs> i mean i would if that yeah. was me i'm on the way to the ring <laughs> pissed <laughs> Fair play. Just the fucking arrogance as well. Yeah, to go, I'm going to if you holding this, I don't care. Absolutely. Loved it. So we see a quick start, which sees a big hip toss and drop kick from Matundo to Sheiky Baby. Tag to Wyndham, who drops a leg to the groin. Fine. Is that not a disqualification, though? I thought so. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. 
Double team from the challengers leads to Sheik missing a drop kick and connecting with Volkov instead. I've never seen Iron Sheik throw a drop kick and terrified me, quite frankly. But he does connect with Volkov. Mm-hmm. The heels are dismayed at this. They both like they look distraught yeah. with the miscommunication. Near tears, bless him. Rotondo back in and he drops Volkov with a shoulder block. Quick tags from the champs now. They're starting to pick up a little bit of momentum. Yeah. Not for long as Rotondo gets isolated. You have to, if you're going to isolate one of them, you've got to isolate Rotundo because Wyndham just is the bigger dude. Right. And they always try and make the smaller guy being the one that's separated from uh, his corner. Yes, of course. Big back body drop and gut wrench suplex. I love a gut wrench suplex. Oh, yeah, I put, I actually quite enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. From Sheik. Then Rotundo suplexes Sheik but can't make the tag. We start to hear USA chants. Mm-hmm. Blassie and Albano. I forgot. Oh, uh, Fred, I never even said that this was for the tag team titles. But um, yeah, because they mm-hmm. had a uh, classy Freddie Blassie in their mm-hmm. corner as a manager. So two lots of managers. Yes, and they did. I wonder what that could mean. Yeah. So I, I, when I saw the managers, I was like, I actually even remember how this match ends. Oh, really? Yeah. Again, not from the time, but I've seen no it. No shit, before. really? <laughs> yeah, when I was minus four, I remember seeing this match vividly. <laughs> So we see, uh, it's quite interesting actually, I did like this, mm. and how the managers did well, is when they were kind of squaring off with each other outside the ring. I bet they're getting zesty. Zesty? Yeah. See, I'd have gone spicy, but zesty I like. Zesty is one of my new new favourite go-to words, I okay. think. Okay, that's fine. Getting a bit zesty. The cameras pick it up, taking away from the action in the ring, but yes. they look like they're ready to go. And the, mm-hmm. You can hear the crowd building, which is why I think the camera has to turn yes. to them to kind of pick Otherwise up. you'd be like, what's all that noise? Exactly. And then... We see Wyndham finally gets the tag and starts to unload with fire. He hits a running bulldog on Nikolai, but it's broken by the Sheik, and then this is where the action just completely breaks down. This is where chaos ensues. Chaos does ensue. As the referee starts shepherding Rotundo out of the ring, uh, we see the Sheik grab Freddie Blassie's cane. Yes. Steps up. Bosh. Fully breaks it over the back of Wyndham. Mm -hmm. uh, Gets rid of the evidence. And then we see Volkov clamber over to get the cover. And we have new tag team champions. The crowd is livid. Very much but so. But it plays into the part, doesn't it? And the way they did it, the match itself, not, nothing no. great, for damn sure. But they, they worked the ending quite well, I think. And my favourite part of this is the post-match interview that we get. So as we see them leave, Oakland goes, right, I'm going to interview the new tag team champions and then you see Sheik there posing with the belt like he's getting ready for a magazine photo yep. cover shoot and then Gene says one of my favourite lines of the night goes uh, where's your cane and then Freddie Blassie goes what cane I never had a cane <laughs> brilliant I thought that was so good because Gene's trying to just catch him out yep. to be a little flippant turd mm-hmm. and Blassie just completely shoots him down I thought it was really really good yeah. really good where do we go now Holly I said, we're going to my new favourite person. We're going back to (laughs) Lord Alfred Hayes. Mm. And he discusses the upcoming match between two giants. He builds the night. He builds through the night for me because this is my second favourite moment, which leads to my favourite moment. (laughs) So he discusses the upcoming match between two giants. And he says, and I quote, I am the only true champion giant, is what... uh, John Studd says, and Andre says, I am the giant. <laughs> I think Lord Hayes' chronic constipation is really fucking with Aww. him here. It just, what? He's so funny. I'm the only true champion giant. And he goes, no, I am the giant. His voice started to remind me of Beaker 
Maybe from, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's but he fair. just made me like him even more. Yeah. Really Brilliant. Good. It's just he he committed he to the on sentence. all of my heartstrings. He shot his load before he knew where the end destination was. <laughs> and you could see him scrambling around for any words yes. that would make a sentence coherent. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. So we then go to John Studd, with actually a pretty good promo, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, and then Gene just starts fawning over the bag of money. So the concept oh. of this match is it's a body slam challenge, so there's no yes. pins. So a 15 grand 15,000 pounds, yep. I've got a story about that as well. Oh, I've got two stories, in there fact. Go. So I'll settle in. <laughs> so Andre, yeah, <laughs> make it sound like it's boring. So Andre the Giant was teasing retirement if he yes. couldn't slam John Studd. Mm-hmm. John Studd said he couldn't be slammed, and if he did, he'd lose fifteen thousand pounds. What does he gain? I guess Andre retiring is what he yeah. gains. So we see a good promo from Studd, and then we see the man, the myth, the fucking legend, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan yeah. is the best manager okay. to ever be in the game me the only person that comes close is Heyman okay and I think Heyman's taken a lot of Bobby's qualities because right. they both got the gift of the gap yes I'll be honest this wasn't one of his fine no. examples but you'll okay. learn to love especially on commentary I'll learn to love it will I honestly okay if you don't I'll be stunned okay he's brilliant right then Stud smacks Jean's hand, which I actually did laugh at. Oh, yeah. So Jean's grabbed a little bit of the money. Yeah. And John, Stud, who's six foot ten, legitimately, mm-hmm. smacks his hand. I'd probably cry. Yeah. And the money goes on the floor. <laughs> and you can see Stud kind of look down going, oh, that's awkward. It's not yeah. supposed to fall on the floor. Yeah. That's about it. But we don't get a Andre pre-match interview. That's a shame. Uh, well, it means it's, it saves an impression, <laughs> doesn't it, to be honest? So... You can do the, you can still do an impression if you want. Well, but he talks later. We <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> so, mm. right, I'll I'll cover one story at the beginning of the match because okay. it doesn't particularly tie into this match, but it's oh, a good okay. Andre the Giant story. Right. And the other one involves this match specifically. Okay. So the first, in- and I just think find things that I think you'll find okay. interesting or amusing, whether it ties in or not. So, have you heard of Jake the Snake Roberts? Yes. So Jake the Snake Roberts. Fantastic promo, very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. He tells a story of one time he had a match with Andre the Giant. Now, Andre the Giant used to like to pull ribs on people. Okay. Always joking around, trying to find ways that he could make people laugh, or make basically make himself laugh, if I'm being perfectly yeah. honest. And he decided one day he was going to do this to Jake. Now, him and Jake got on well. They used to play cards quite a lot. One of Andre's things backstage was he loved to play cards with the guys. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because in that environment he felt like he wasn't the freak. He was just one of the yeah. guys with everyone else. Because that mm-hmm. must have been so tough for him. I'm reading his book at the moment and he mentions all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And in the ring, Andre decided, I'm going to have a little little laugh here. So Jake Snake Roberts is sat in the corner of the ring. Mm. He's being beaten down. Andre does this thing where he puts his back against people to crush them in the corner. You see a little bit of it in this match later on. But Jake's sat on the floor. Andre... Leans into him a little bit, just smashes his ass up against Jake's shoulder and face, and rips a forty-second fart that goes on Jesus and on. Christ. And Jake said he sat there and he can just feel his arm vibrating, and he's like, "What? He's not farting. Surely not farting on me." And then he suddenly hears, "The ref walks off laughing as he's gagging." Comes back, Andre's still mid-fart. Jesus Christ. And 
Jake's, I've heard mixed reviews on this, but Jake has subsequently said, thank God it didn't smell like it sounded, because I'd be dead. Oh, Lord. But that was just Andre doing something to amuse himself. Fair enough. Thought it was a funny story. Yeah. So, the match. Okay. Now, I think it's fair to say mm. that this is the worst match that we have ever covered in this podcast. Yes, absolutely. By far. Fair I enough. would say what's in your notes, but I imagine there's a lot of swear words. Um, I mean, the top one says, I'd give it a go for 15 grand. <laughs> now, when you say give it a go, you mean body slam. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, that's fine. I literally was clutching at straws to this because I knew it was nay going to move fast. Like, honestly, this it just wasn't. I knew so, it was never going to be pipped as a fast-moving match. But, I don't know, it, it just, it didn't give for me. No, um... And and to be fair to Andre, mm-hmm. and this was already well beyond his prime yeah. years. So Andre's best years were probably mid seventies to late seventies, and he used to be fairly agile, certainly for okay. his size. He could throw a drop kick, I think. Um, he wouldn't often do it mm. because obviously you don't want to see someone that big no. doing stuff like that. Cause no. It takes away from the fact that they're an imposing they're force. Massive, yeah. But and you see it laden through and it makes me sad because you i just know the amount of pain he was in so, right i see yeah because I, I did watch the document there was a documentary i think on sky a while, a yes. long while about him which i did actually watch because i found that so interesting yeah same because i even did the whole how old was he here and i think he was 39 but you can like he's not a well-looking man but i don't think i i have ever seen him looking well but that's because i haven't gone back and done all that jazz so, but yeah mental I mean, eight years' time from now, he'd be dead. Yeah, that's crazy. So he had... I can't remember the name of the condition. I want to say it's like acromalgia or something like that. Mm. And it's to do with he's got a growth on the pituitary gland in his brain. Mm. Same thing as what Big Show had. Mm -hmm. The issue being is that they think that Andre knew about this condition or something about this condition for a lot longer than it was actually common knowledge. They think he was actually diagnosed in Japan when he was doing tour work Mm -hmm. over there and just didn't... He wasn't interested in basically... There was a surgery that Big Show had. Yes. He's fine now, thankfully. Andre was offered the surgery, and I understand his trepidation because it was still the early days of this kind of surgery. I was going to say, the difference between time and and medical procedures between now and then would just be ridiculous. Even in like a year to two years in the medical field is is night and day. dog years, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's a very good way of putting it, actually. Thank you. And I think there's about 15 to 20 years between when Andre would have had the surgery Mm -hmm. and when Big Show had the surgery. But effectively the same condition. So he just had ridiculous growth and he was offered the surgery. And even if you take out the fact that he was concerned about how new the surgery was, he decided against it because in his head, I'm the big guy. I'm the giant of wrestling. That's yeah. my niche. That's my And I guess shit. if you're not working, you're not earning. Exactly. So you're that. also not fun like not helping family, anything like that. And because there's no you're guarantees. There's no guarantees no. that it would be successful surgery exactly. either. Um so that is the condition that Andre suffered with and yeah. this the damage had already very yeah. well and truly been done at this point. Because um, he used to be felt at one point mm-hmm. he was always tall obviously yes but he carried he didn't look ungainly with the fat. no he just looked yeah like i've everything. definitely seen especially in that documentary I, I remember seeing clips of him being like oh like he kind of had not a similar physique as what's his name no it's gone i'm not even gonna try but i only remember seeing him on telly not looking like that you gonna say great carly 
thank you. Like a similar, yeah, a yeah. similar style, yeah, not quite body as style. No, yes, like not lean either. Do you know what I mean? Just tall but carried the it weight. It didn't look out of proportion with his body. The only exactly. thing that always looked big, head. Right. Always looked like he had a bit of an Easter Island mm-hmm. head on him. Bless him. So you can just see he was just struggling. Yeah. And it wasn't. This isn't a nice match to to watch or to, to no. review. If I'm being perfectly honest. So. Andre strides over the top rope. I like that. You're a big guy. That's imposing. Very yes. few people were doing that. Yes. Although John Studd was someone who used to do that as okay. well. And I believe that there was a genuine bit of animosity between the two where Andre never really liked John Studd. Mm. Because... Kind of think he was like taking... Yeah, I think trying. it was probably halfway between the two. I don't think necessarily one of them was at fault. I think it was just they both had that giant envy like I'm usually the big guy yes. around here. And it just... they I never. suppose quite if you're six foot... 10 or whatever which is what he was it's weird to not be the tallest person in a room but he was, ne- it was the relationship between the two from what I've read was never copacetic there was I always see. the tension there cool that might be a word a day I think oh copacetic yeah. thank you whether I've used it right or not is up for debate <laughs> but there was certainly and I think it showed in the match because even though Andre was very limited I think there were just moments in here that looked awkward yes um, like delays missteps you could kind of to me as well like i could you can see that one person is running the match which makes sense but it i could see it which sometimes really ruins it for me anytime stud tried something that andre didn't want to do andre's like no No. we're not doing that yeah and it was kind of very very awkward so stud jumps andre um before so we see andre starting to jaw jack with heenan Mm -hmm. on the outside Stud runs across, starts laying into him. Mm-hmm. So, this match on, gave me a chance to get a drink. This I was going to say, was this a Prosecco and Freddo the, match? It really, no Freddo. Okay. But definitely a Prosecco because there's a very, very long bear hug here. Oh my, yeah. So much so that it gave me time to get up, pop the bottle, pour a glass, bottle back in the fridge, sit back down. Oh, they're still hugging. You could have banged, got pregnant, banged. given birth. <laughs> Raise the kid to 18. Find a guy to have the kid with, the all kid, in the duration. The kid move out, that, that bear hug. Bear hug. The bear hug. Am I okay? No. It's been a long day, hasn't it? <laughs> it, has. it really has. But we see Andre fire back with mm-hmm. colossal chops, which just, they've got suck. That has got yeah. to suck, like being hit with a frying pan. And then he throws in a headbutt for good measure. Stud goes out the ring to take a breather and gather his thoughts. Yep. I'm actually okay with that, because there's going to be, re- you knew there was going to be rest spots in this oh, match. Oh, Absolutely. Back in the ring, and Andre chokes Stud like a ragdoll. He's literally shaking him backwards yes. and forwards like you see in the Muppets. It's ridiculous, like Miss Piggy choking Kermit. <laughs> Andre then crushes him in the corner with his just sheer mass. Just this literally is, a lean. This is what made me think of the, uh, the Jake yeah, and Snake yeah, Roberts course. story. Then Stud tries to slam the giant, but is unsuccessful. Yeah. The two men embrace as Andre bear hugs John. The crowd chant slam. Yes, I put the crowd engagement again. That actually, I did enjoy. And I get it. If I was a wrestling fan, certainly in the States back then, I'd mm-hmm. have loved to have seen Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah, of course Because it's yeah. just such a... Don't get me wrong, I've seen the big show, and you're like, oh, wow, he's big. But yeah. Andre the Giant feels like mythical, Yes. almost, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And they always manage to... The, the whole shtick with Andre is not just in WWF, but anywhere he works, he would only be there for a brief period. 
sprinkle okay. it in yeah. so they don't get used to it and tired of seeing it keep it special That's nice. moving on elsewhere so he used to love traveling mm-hmm. it was obviously difficult for him given his size and later on that became unbearable but he would only spend short stints here doing like um maybe a month's worth of shows here two months move on to the next okay. place do four shows here move on and he just liked experiencing the yeah. world that way fair enough and then you can see that, like you said, from the crowd. Yeah. The crowd just Abs- yeah, absolutely so it, behind yeah. him. Because yeah. they, they know that this isn't good wrestling. Yeah. But it's just they're seeing Andre they're the seeing, Giant. Yeah, exactly. Cut away to Heenan, who looks worried, mm-hmm. as he should be. Uh, you see, as Andre's doing the bear hug, occasionally John Studd tries to grab the head and Andre's just like, oh, I'm not letting go, boss. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, he's not playing that shit. And that was the first kind of awkward moment mm-hmm. that I saw. Wasn't the last, having said that. Another headbutt from the giant after he eventually does let go of the bear hug, mm. uh, who then ducks too early for a back body drop, but he catches the leg of Stud. Yes. That wasn't badly done, yeah. actually. That's yeah. probably the highlight of the match. Uh, Stead, uh, Stead. Stud goes to kick, but Andre catches it, which is what I've just said, and then he hits a really ugly right hand and then an uglier leg kick. Mm-hmm. Andre, please do not throw leg kicks. It looks awful. And they're throwing, he's throwing them safe, to be fair. He's not yeah. obviously trying to hurt the guy. But, like, the punch as well, I remember it looking really bad. Yes. And then the leg kick where Boom. he's lifting it, like, five centimetres off the floor. It reminds me almost of, like, the Orange Cassidy. Yes, I was going to say, it's, yeah. It almost looks like a sham of pro mm-hmm. wrestling. And it just, it hurts to see. And I, I feel like I'm taking a somber tone here, but it was just uh, uncomfortable yeah. viewing, I thought. Then we see a really awkward exchange in the corner. Now, this is the bit where I just like, something's not right here, where mm. John Studd kept trying to change position and Andre kept going, no, stay yeah. there, slap you. Yeah. But I think it's because, and I might be reading too much into this because I mentioned the okay. tension between them before, but I think it's because Heenan didn't have the bag of money on him, so they couldn't do the finish. Oh, I see. So they're effectively kind of not wasting time, but, but killing time trying to, to g- do something until that's done. Exactly, because okay. not long after. Yeah, see, because I wouldn't have thought twice about that. And it was only when I, I was trying like, to analyse oh, what they were doing. I was like, why are they dragging this out yeah, longer than it needs to? Makes sense. And then you see almost immediately after that, out of nowhere, Andre just goes, boom, body slam. Yeah, I literally done. was like, oh, hang on, boom, it's finished. Yep. We see Andre celebrate the win. The crowd erupt, to With be fair to them. that bag looking ridiculously small in such a big man's hand. And when, uh, yeah, it did, didn't it? The mm. duffel bag. Look like a clutch see, bag. You don't see a duffel bag often these no. days. I love a duffel love bag. Love a duffel my bag. My grandpa used to have one. Whenever I'd go oh, swimming with my grandpa, he'd always yes. have this duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing what you could fit in there. Um, and also, when you think 15 grand's supposed to be in yeah. there, it's just screwed up notes. It wasn't like... I'd be where, livid. I'd be like, where is my crisp money? You love a crisp, oh, crisp I do. note, don't you? I Very do. Very excited. Sets the heart fluttering. <laughs> but this is my story for the end of the match. Oh, okay. So, what... Like I said, WWF were in... Not penny-pinching circumstances, because they've obviously spent as much as they had on WrestleMania, but they couldn't afford any extra expenditure. Mm -hmm. So they had to be tight with the budget. Obviously, there was money involved in this. They knew that Andre was going to throw a bit of money into the crowd. Yeah, I did like that, actually, when he did that. I did. Nice touch. Andre's going to grab the bag, throw it out. Bobby Heenan was instructed by Vince McMahon, you take that bag off him so quick, he barely has his chance to put his hand in the bag to get anything out. So Andre's diving in the bag at handfuls, and Bobby Heenan's thinking, if Andre wants to carry on doing it, there is fuck all I can do to stop him from doing it. So 
Andre gets about two or three handfuls yeah. of money out, and Heenan very swiftly actually snatches it, it from him. Very quick and very impressive, actually. And he said he ran because he thought actually, that Andre might. Scared. Yes, he was scared that yeah. Andre might go no and like snatch it off him, and yeah. then. So that was a genuine That's, little moment. That, yeah, because I did think in my head as well. I was like, that was well quick. Oh, yeah, okay. that was That's an a good instruction. Story, that. Yeah, I thought that you'd like that. So, that was the end of the match. Yeah. And then we see Andre go backstage. Oh. Talk to me and Gene. I've done the voice. Yeah. But it was just a lot of noise and laughing. That was about, about yeah. it, really. Didn't really have anything else no. to say of value. But then, Holly, <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> My favourite guy. The man of the moment, the man of the hour, the man who's too sweet to be sour. This guy is making my WrestleMania experience. He's. I think he's. he does commentary on a few of them, to be Good. fair. He's involved in some capacity. Um, it's, our, it's our Hayes time, baby. So, Lord Hayes starts talking over the announcers. Fuck it. Because you know, why not? Why not? He got cut off earlier. Exactly. Fuck them. And then, as he's there, he gets kissed. Yeah. By Fabulous Moolah, who puts half her lipstick yes. on his face. And he is so thrown off by this. Then Lilani Kai tries to give him one as well. And that's just really awkward yeah. because he's like kind of pulling away. Um, and he goes, oh, good gracious. Or, or good luck. Something like that. So sweet. Just so sweet. Ridiculous. But that is my favourite moment yeah. of the entire show. Just him oh. just flabbergasted. It, yeah. Oh, I just don't even have any words for it, but it prefers one of those moments you look and you go, oh, so sweet. We go from there, we go to see uh, Cindy Lauper yeah. starts rambling on about being a powerful woman and now she's a powerful manager with that New York, yeah, kind of I voice. Am. It's really whiny and annoying, but... <laughs> God. No, that version of that is ridiculous. Right, okay, Even the people who have her that version, accent must go... Her version of that. Specifically okay. her version. Mm-hmm. If you've ever watched The Young Rock, right. the TV show... Cindy Lauper is portrayed in the show, mm-hmm. and the person who portrays them does it brilliantly. Okay. The accent flawlessly. Becky Lynch. Stop it! Really? Me and Em were watching it, and I did a double take when I saw. It. I went, "That's Becky Lynch." Oh. And then when is it? And then I actually showed a picture of what Cindy Lauper really looked like, and Em went, "They look like the same person." Oh wow! Oh okay, I'll have to give it a watch. But yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a powerful woman. I'm now a powerful manager. Yeah, oh, it's just awful, okay. awful, awful promo." But to be fair, she's given like so much credibility to the company, yeah, being yeah. eyes to the product. She served her purpose. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll overlook that. Uh, we also see, uh, and then it goes backstage. Even though we just saw them walk to the ring. Yeah, I know. It's very confusing yeah. for my little brain. Yeah, we see uh, Moolah, who's cosplaying as Elton John in his pajamas. <laughs> yes. That is perfect. Perfect. And then, I don't... I think it was Kai that used the phrase, and again, there's so many promo flubs, said, I'm going to come back with my hand in Victor. <laughs> Who's, Who's Victor? Victor? <laughs> and why's your hand in them? Uh, I don't know if I say lucky boy, because I don't think oh, I want Lilani Kai yeah. delving in my ca- cavernous uh, posterior. <laughs> but now we go to the match. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice in that little segment, even though one of the people that's competing in this match yeah. was involved in backstage promo, they offered so little I didn't even write them down. <laughs> so Cindy Lauper just completely steamrolls, <laughs> much like Bruno San Martino did for yes. his son, completely yeah. steamrolls this moment, takes away from Randy, Wendy Richter. Yeah. Did you do any Googling of the ages here? Because I did. No, I didn't. They both looked... It's it's an oh, not an age thing, because that makes no sense. It's a generational thing? Yeah, it's the Same style. Same with the guys. Yeah. Everyone looks older. Like I've seen photos of my mum back in the you know the eighties, and I'm like, 
when did you turn 50 in the 80s? Love that. And she obviously does not take kindly to that as she had me in the 80s and she well, was not. If she old. takes as well to it as you do to suggestions of being old, I can only imagine <laughs> that fish were thrown. Yeah, no, I just, it's the age and that these women, I feel not bad for them because part of me is kind of like, oh, you know what? They didn't really dress you like skimpy, skimpy, but also you're just wearing swimming costumes. When you said skimpy, skimpy, I heard the cheeky girls for some reason <laughs> saying skimpy, skimpy, skimpy. skimpy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They are kind of wearing like bathing suits. They're swimming suits. costumes, yeah. Yeah. And a bit of arm gear, which... Bit of arm gear. There was no frills. No, thank God. How old do you think Wendy Richter is? Oh, God. I mean, I want to say in her 40s, but I'm pretty sure that's incorrect. Just put a number out there. 41. 23. Shut up. Tough paper round, wasn't it, Wendy? That's... Bad. She's only just. But about, it's the fashion at that time. She's as only well. just in her sixties now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She looked old. I didn't look up the Lani Kai's age, but I remember because I think I saw. Have you ever heard of the series Dark Side of the Ring? Yes. Fascinating documentary series. I think you can find a few of them on YouTube. Mm. Um, and one of them was about how Fabulous Moolah had like a vice-like dictatorship grip over all of women's wrestling. Oh, okay. And Wendy Richter was one of the people that kind of succumbed under the yoke that was Moolah and she said yeah I was a young girl I was like 23 at Wrestlemania and I went no 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 because I remember seeing Uh, and I looked it up I fact checked it I don't think she was far off 24 but I'm pretty sure she was 23 it's just like the fashion and that at that time and the hair does women know and all men no favours at that time no I know it's like even the 60s and stuff you can somehow look like that looks dated but different dated yeah it was like fashion forward but age forward yes oh that sounded like i knew Ooh. what i was talking about there didn't it yeah so we go to the match lilani kai with the fabulous moolah mm. against wendy richter with cindy lauper defending the wwf ladies title yes not women's no. ladies ladies Bit of sophistication there yeah um women's wrestling in general was it had been around for decades at this mm. point but just this was the first moment in my mind where women's wrestling was given an initial boost of this Because it was allowed to be put on WrestleMania, effectively. It was the co-main event. Yeah. I went on, on after Andre the Giant. God, yeah. It's It was shown as, like, it was a form of women empowerment, because they had okay. it in the 80s. Look at Cindy Lauper. She was the embodiment of, like, girls just want to have fun. That said the whole thing, didn't it? It's like, we yeah. can do We're not just the plus one of the man. Yeah. We're our own being. I know you're looking at me like, oh, I in don't In my feel. head, I'm thinking... God, I've only just sung... I've sung that song so many times, but never actually thought about what it means. That's effectively it was. It was like, I'm, I'm you know, independent. I can yeah. do my own thing. So it was kind of okay. a little surge in that yeah. moment. And it worked so well with putting it with the ladies' title. Unfortunately, nothing really came of the ladies' title right. after this. And there was about a 10-year period where it kind of fell away and then mm-hmm. came back in the mid-90s. Right. But it was a nice idea. Now we see the long-term ramifications of that with the the revolution that we've had and it's nice to see that you know wrestling's only about 40 years behind society and stuff next thing women will be allowed to vote it'll be crazy holly (laughs) who'd have thunk it eh? Mm. so we see start with a tie-up and almost immediately they both start pulling hair and i go oh this isn't going to be good no they take it in turns to exchange mat-based holes didn't mind that that was okay Richter looks to be uh, getting the better of it, but then Lilani grabs more hair to regain the advantage because yes. that is always the equaliser in you women's know, wrestling. Why not? If it's there, grab it. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> Kai sends Wendy face first into the turnbuckles, but then goes back to the hair and uh, chokes 
her with well not with the hair but then she grabs the hair and then just starts yes. choking her on the floor it's yes. just a bit of a mess Body Scissors by Richter who goes well also, I'm on the sorry the, yeah. that choke why did he not count a pin pin or did he not because she when she was choking her yeah both shoulders were on the floor true but she was doing an illegal thing to get her there oh, so yeah, technically the whole thing do... is just crazy I get not counting but surely you should be going one two let three. go yeah which I didn't yeah. see having said that free for all so we see from the floor Wendy Richter applies the body scissors because yep. uh, wrestling. Uh, but Lilani powers her up to get her to her feet before a messy takedown. Now the messy takedown was crap, but the bit where so Richter had her legs round Lilani's yes. body. Lilani stands up and basically yes. pulls, her pulls her to her, her feet. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. And I think Ventura on commentary even says that she could, whether it's true or not, said that she could bench press two hundred pounds. Right. That's still impressive yeah. feet because she's not a big woman. We then see what I've put here as a snap hair takedown. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Yeah. Not snap hair, snap hair. No. Very clever. By Kai, who runs into the boots of Richter right afterwards in the corner. Then we see Moolah start to grab at Richter from the floor. But don't worry, Cindy Lauper's there. No, honestly, this bored me. So she grabs Moolah. Why and can't people just wrestle? <laughs> Why? I don't know what to tell you. Honey. I really don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> So Cindy Lauper kind of gets involved, of gets Moolah to let go of the hold. Yeah. Uh, Kai with a big boot to the chest because, quite frankly, you know. she couldn't reach the face. Uh, but Richter fights back. Yeah. Wendy with a reverse FU. I didn't know how to describe it. So, so she the, shoulders, on the shoulders. I actually liked that move though. I did. didn't. I just put onto shoulders and like a throw off type thing. I just put reverse it. FU because she yeah. didn't throw them that way. No. Yeah, but it's yeah, of, I did like it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, again, probably that and the power lift were the two yeah. best moments of the match. Defensive knees in the corner from Kai drops Richter. Mm-hmm. Backbreaker variant follows because I think she was going for a body slam and then kind of changed her right. mind partway through it and drops her on her knee instead. Uh, Lilani then climbs to the top, hits the yeah. flying crossbody, but Richter just about rolls through, and I do mean just about rolls yes. through. One, two, three, and we have a new WWF ladies champion. Yeah, and the crowd are very happy about it. And then, for no reason, match is over. Lawler. Lawler. Jerry Lawler was not involved no, in this he match. Wasn't. You probably wish he was. Um, Cindy Lauper just jumps Moolah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. And then it was just shits and giggles, I'm assuming, yeah, to be honest. Uh, then Moolah tries to get into the ring and then proper slapstick comedy, trips over nothing, yes. falls on her face, and then like bounces about five times across the canvas <laughs> on her saggy norks. Oh, it was stop. horrendous. It, yeah, it's very odd. Very odd. Oh, just this is chaos. Absolute chaos. Yeah. Uh, Kai then just knocks down Richter, but then that's it. I just wish it would have ended. And then Lorpa goes to lift Wendy in celebration, but she's not got the strength Absolutely to pick not. her off the floor. So Wendy goes, oh, I'll pick you up instead. Yeah. So Wendy picks her up, and then they do that little celebratory mm. dance, which is the clip that's been shown over and over again through the years yes, of WrestleMania Oh, uh, Yes, I did. I have seen that. It's like, it's that. It's the then, this, now. It's that just. Piper going nose to nose with Mr. T. Muhammad Ali raising his hand, and that's about it. Andre right. the Giant lifting his hand in celebration. Yeah, They're the clips that were taken away from this one. Yep. So after the match, we go backstage. Mean Gene Oakland, who's, I'll be honest, I wanted this to be Al Hayes, but <laughs> we see Lauper looking like she's eaten an entire lipstick in a thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, my God. What the? Why she... did you come up with these analogies? Did you not see what she looked like? Oh, like her entire teeth, yeah. red lipstick. It was like Ronda Rousey doesn't even do shit this bad with her eye. Oh, makeup. with her makeup, yeah. 
My God, awful. Uh, imagine imagine if that was you. How mortified would you be? Livid. Oh. Absolutely livid. Uh, Rixa feels like a complete and utter afterthought. Mm-hmm. She's a women's... Oh, sorry, the ladies' champion. Yes. I don't remember her saying anything. No. I think she started to and then Lorpa starts... Yeah. And now we go to the prequel to the main event, mm. where we see the uh, succession of celebrities introduced oh. to the crowd. Uh, yeah, this was drink time, I'll be honest. 100%. So, baseball legend Billy Martin as the guest ring announcer. So, <laughs> famous baseball manager. I believe he played in his day as well. He just looked very happy to be there. Well known in the New York crowd, so okay. he got a good Fair reception. Enough. It was mm-hmm. a New York based team that he managed. Finkel helps Martin, who introduces Liberace, mm. with the Rockettes. Yes, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Radio City Rockettes, but this took a fucking lifetime. Yeah, or they did the can-can, yes. Liberace does a lap of the ring. Honestly, I, I literally got my drink, Yep. I sat down, and I thought, oh, here we go. Oh, he's still fucking dicking around. Do you know that I said Liberace that time, not Liberace? Liberace. I wanted to be Liberace. But now. I was... I was just like, honestly, just introduce him, sit the fuck down. Yeah, again, I don't, so they were the special timekeeper. Because he was the timekeeper, he yeah. had his special bell, the Very bejazzled, special. bejazzled bell. That is certainly one way of describing that bell, mm-hmm. for sure. Then we see my favourite, Muhammad Ali, as a special yeah. guest referee, so he is the outside enforcer. Did he just love wrestling? He or? was a wrestling fan. Okay, fair play. Like I said, a lot of his... Why would you be there? Well, but he had involvement in wrestling in the 70s. He had a okay. coming together with Gorilla Monsoon, oh, where okay. um, Gorilla Monsoon was a bad guy, called him out of the crowd. Uh, uh, Ali similar got to they what they do still to but this day. But he gave him an aeroplane spin, so Monsoon put Ali on his shoulders and spun oh, him wow. around. Yeah. They were trying to build up to something of that. Because originally, so the, again, the story time with Scotty B, baby. Hey. We, I don't know if you have any awareness of the quote-unquote mixed martial arts fight that Muhammad Ali had. No. So, in the, I want to say, late 70s, around 79, um, they wanted to do a wrestler versus um, boxer mm-hmm. mega showdown match. Rumour has it that originally it was the WWF and Vince McMahon was really pushing to get something sorted with Muhammad Ali and it was, they were looking towards Gorilla Monsoon, which I right. think is how this incident first came to be. Then it became very political in terms of logistics, the pay that was going to be right, involved in it. Mm-hmm. But also, I think someone got in the ear of Ali and said, well, you shouldn't be losing this because it was going to be a put-on. Oh, I see. Long story short, Japan ended up eventually being the, the area where it took place. And there's a legendary wrestling figure in Japan who I was very close to actually putting on my uh, Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Yeah. Antonio Inoki. Mm-hmm. So he was the creator of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Revered like a god mm-hmm. over there. He was the man that was going to go up against Muhammad Ali. They were they couldn't decide who was going to win. So as a result, the only thing they could think of doing was, well, we'll have a legitimate fight then. See what happens. Yeah. It was a farce. So right. I think Vince McMahon still had some of the um, pay-per-view or television rights in the States for it to air it, but it was such a financial failure. Because what effectively happened was, Inoki knew that he couldn't stand and trade punches with Ali because no. he'd get his head caved Absolutely. in. Even though this was late in Ali's career, mm-hmm. he still would have, because yeah. that's just the nature of the sport. So Inoki dropped to his backside and was scooting across the ring, kicking at Ali's legs. Ali was trying to throw down an occasional punch, but he'd have to lean right over and he'd be in kicking distance. So basically what ended up happening was 15 rounds 
of butt scooting, leg kicking, and oh, punches. I see. It was it was panned, right. horrendously hated. Mm-hmm. This was Ali's only proper involvement, apart from the couple of angles that he had, and he's brought in as a, a guest referee yeah. here. But many are considering that this fight was the first mixed martial arts match of all time because it was a dis- okay. one discipline against. Even though pro wrestling is yeah, yeah, not a, a legitimate sport, it's still athletic. It was considered to be the first mixed martial arts fight. Mm. And yeah, that's the only ways that I'm aware of that Ali's had involvement okay. in wrestling other than just kind of like waving yeah. occasionally when he's been in the crowd. Story time's over. <laughs> <laughs> After they show Muhammad Ali, they just happened to show uh, Jose Torres in the crowd, who was a former light heavyweight boxing champion. Okay. But I think he was there by coincidence rather than being invited, to be perfectly honest. And then we see Pat Patterson as the referee. Yes. So, mm-hmm. first ever Intercontinental Champion, we discussed him earlier in the yeah. show as well. He was basically assigned the official for the role because he would be better able to talk Mr. T through what was happening. I see, yep. So, he's often mm-hmm. credited, rightly so, for helping put a lot of matches together. Yeah. And there's one match that when we get to WrestleMania 12, I think it is, 12. is probably his <laughs> biggest achievement in terms okay. of putting a match together. And it was the main event of that show. Oh, okay. Um, just if you're looking at points through his career where he's done something of considerate note from behind the scenes. But yeah, so he was considered a trusted pair of hands to help talk Mr. C through anything. If he got overwhelmed, uh, that's brilliant work by WWF to think that through because you'd feel more secure, wouldn't you, rather than Mm -hmm. just Joe Bloggs as a referee there. Now we see the introductions. Mm. I loved... Yeah. Right. I'll say what the match is first. Oh, okay. Hulk Hogan... Mr. T, yeah. with uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker, brother. Yeah. Taking on Rowdy Roddy Piper, yeah. with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, mm-hmm. with Cowboy Ace Bob Orton. Yeah. Randy Orton's daddy. <laughs> yeah. Not an attractive man. No. No, Randy Orton no. got all those genes from his mummy. Yes, he did. So, Piper's team comes out first. Yes. I fucking love yeah. that bagpipe intro that he got. Yeah. That gave me that Did it? I felt like this is main event okay I was getting I've seen this match like three times before right. I was getting excited it was a big entrance and he's just so charismatic one of the most naturally charismatic yes. people in wrestling for me Roddy Piper mm-hmm. he could talk about anything and make you you're engaged whether it's absolute drivel or what yeah. you're just focused on him so so good and again just anything with bagpipes kind of I'm not Scottish, but I felt like, oh, it's kind of referring to oh, I see. UK. Because yeah. I think he does have Scottish ancestry, but he's mm-hmm. Canadian. Oh, okay. So, don't know if you oh. knew that. No, I didn't. I'd be honest. I've assumed, I've I've heard him speak for sure, but I my memory is yeah. awful. So you hear bagpipes, you see a bit of tartan, you think, oh, definitely Scottish. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I believe he was Scottish, yeah. to be fair, back when I was a kid. And this is obviously who inspired Ronda Rousey yeah. to... All her gear. So then we hear it, or well, we hear what they play on the network. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, whether it's there or not, it doesn't. It doesn't stop me having. It it makes me happy. Yeah, we hear Real American, but (laughs) I don't think that is what was played. No, I think it was actually Eye of the Tiger that they played in the stadium. Oh, but they won't have been able to put the the copyright of that. The licensing they've done, so they. I think that's the case anyway, and it makes sense. Why do you think it was that? Very good question. And this is a mini story time. Oh, gosh. Okay. So Fell right into that one, didn't I? You did, yeah. You did see it coming. <laughs> I laid the trap perfectly. So Hulk Hogan mm. 
when he worked previously for uh, Vince McMahon Senior, so he was around long enough to work for Vince's okay. dad, he wanted and had an opportunity to appear in a movie. Mm-hmm. Vince Senior's like, I don't want my wrestlers Ooh, appearing I in see. movies. Mm-hmm. Hulk went, well, it's an opportunity for me, I've got to do this. And Vince said, fine, I'm never booking you again. Wow. Hulk went to do the movie. That movie was Rocky Three, mm-hmm. where he played Thunderlips. Yeah. And he had the mixed martial arts match with Rocky Balboa. Oh. So you've seen Rocky Three, haven't you? Yeah. So that's where Hulk Hogan oh. first burst onto the screen. Um, and Vince Senior, to his word, didn't bring Hulk back. It was only when Vince Jr. got in charge of booking that Hulk actually did come back. Oh, wow. Back. So they had Hulk Hogan before that's crazy. the film said, no, you can't have this But stuck to their guns and... Wow. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Well, that was that was, no, that was that was informative. That I wasn't was. actually planning on telling you that, no. but you are. So yeah, and obviously that's how he met Mr. T because that was the film where Clubber oh. Lang, Mr. T, was the the main protagonist. Gosh, was the bad see guy. if I used my brain sometimes, it'd be lethal. Because you say all that, and it makes so much sense. And in my head, I'm watching it, and I'm going, "Why is Mr. T there?" But, but it makes so much sense because you're because so Rocky Three would have been around this time yeah. to be fair, about eighty four, eighty three. Yeah. So I think. You know all the individual components, but you don't necessarily see the interconnecting threads between the two. Barely capable of stringing a sentence together, let alone bringing the links together. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) she was the one that wanted to do this podcast. (laughs) So we hear Real American through the the Mm -hmm. network. And I said, it really does start to feel like a big show now. Yes. It feels like a big event. The crowd are hot. They weren't bad throughout the night, to be fair. but it's definitely all led up to peaking here. It has, for sure. Before the match even starts, the scuffle nearly breaks out immediately. Um, but we've still got Muhammad Ali in the ring. And Piper actually yes. visibly puts his hands up and walks yeah. away from, from mm-hmm. Ali. Which I thought was nice because yeah. Roddy Piper doesn't back down from anyone in, in wrestling. But he knows enough mm-hmm. to stay away from that fire. A group hugged by Piper to rally the troops. And I love that because it looks so stupid. Just him going like, yeah, come on, yeah, in the corner. Brilliant. And now we're underway. How does... I've said this before. I'll say it again. Whenever he's on my screen, I'll say it again. Hulk Hogan. Um, he was 32. Oh. How does he look like? He's about 65. He looks Brother. younger. He looks, to me, he looks younger with the bandana, the dark beard with the bleached bit over the top, or natural, I don't know. It just, he looks younger there than he does here. I think he goes like 40s, 50s, late 30s, 40s, it's 70s. It's crazy, isn't it? That's how he's it's aged. boggling. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't age linearly. And also, when he walks to the ring, why is he wearing a sweatband around his hair? Interesting. Because he's got no, there's okay. nothing up there. Did you know that the WWF uh, cameras were specifically instructed for production purposes to never make sure that you're filming the bald spot on his head? So they had to cut cameras around where he was in the ring. Really? Yep, because it was seen as a, a less than perfect flaw in the character. And also they would spend thousands of dollars hmm. whenever he was on a magazine cover to get hair airbrushed on onto the picture. But everyone would have known... Yeah, because they're not stupid. Oh my God. Okay. But this was well, the I didn't whole, know that, but thank you. This was the whole marketing thing behind it. Wow. Couldn't have a flaw. Couldn't have a flaw. Just put a band- bring the bandana in earlier. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, never mind wasn't really part of the culture then, no though, I was, was going to say I don't think it so came into later in, like the do-rag after the kind of because NWO had a bit of a counterculture grungy kind mm-hmm. of even like rap related links to it so it kind of made sense for it to happen yeah. but you're right yeah why so we see Orndorff immediately waves off Hogan and tags Piper he's not he's not interested in, yeah. in going against Hulk Hogan also that guy that's Mr. Wonderful Mr. Right? Wonderful Paul Orndorff he looks like a Kendall 
I get that. In the in the an eighties tough guy as well. Ken, really. uh, Kendall. And I did Google stuff about him, and then I got did you very see that arm condition. I got very into a rabbit hole, and I was like, I need to come out of this because I'm so confused about this. You, he is a kindred spirit of you in many respects. Oh yeah, because he had severe <laughs> neck related issues oh, okay. that resulted in basically the nerves going down one side of his mm-hmm. arm not being able to be used and his arm right arm withered yeah so it was like almost oh uh, so he like lost a lot of like muscle tone and stuff in, all of it all and of like it. he was still yoked on the other side yeah. and oh, he was just okay. a, yeah and it looks really weird so it's in the 90s in yeah, wcw it said it said something about it's more apparent like he injured himself doing something i can't remember but it said it's more apparent in later 100 percent you can't like, not see it i was like oh i need to focus on what's actually going it's on it's like a baby's than, arm it's oh, so gosh. odd gosh um, but I think he might still be alive now, actually. Okay. One of the few from uh, this era that's still oh. still around. I don't think he's necessarily in great shape. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Mm. So Orndorff waves off Hogan, tags in Piper. Mr. T starts going nuts on the apron. Oh, Mr. Yeah. T wants... Because Roddy Piper was a very controversial promo. He would say a lot of things that were... Right. You could take as racist. Of, okay. And some of them fell on the wrong side of that as well. Right. I don't know if he was necessarily a racist individual, but he certainly that's what the promos to, were. Yeah, he did, and he had a, a incident with Jimmy Snooker as well. Mm. So you know, have you heard of Piper's Pit? Which yes, was like the original interview section. Mm-hmm. So that was what Piper used to do. He had Jimmy Snooker on as a guest once, and then he basically said, "Oh, I bet you used to climb in trees, and you want a banana," and was throwing bananas at him, Stop. and then coconuts as well. And there's a famous scene where he grabs a coconut and hits Snooker in the head and the coconut explodes and Snooker collapses through the... Jesus Christ. But all the stuff he's saying is like basically, oh, you're a monkey, this kind of That's stuff. It's awful. It's really, like, it's bad. But again, at the time, I don't, I can't speak because obviously I wasn't we around watching alive, at the yeah. time. But I would have thought there'd still be some trepidation about it, yeah. but I can't honestly say I know how it landed. God. You'd imagine it wouldn't be great. Absolutely I mean, that's where the heat not. is. They, they knew you should yeah. be saying that. Jesus. So he had that's how he had history with these people in there. Right, okay. One thing that's interesting about Roddy Piper as well, yeah. he refused to lose to Hulk Hogan. Really? Yeah. And it's smart. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Hulk Hogan beats everybody. Yes. Especially in this era. Well, mm-hmm. any era, Hulk Hogan wins. Well. That's the you can go in and argue, but more often than not, Hulk Hogan's winning that argument. Roddy Piper goes, No. Why not? Well, because if he beats me, what's the point of where's my... I've lost all my value. There's mm-hmm. no money in us doing it again. So Roddy was a smart businessman. I mean, yeah. to a point. Mm-hmm. Digging your heels in, just saying no. Because well, yeah. once you beat me, that's it. It's done. Yeah. So he made a point of never losing clean to Hulk Hogan. I think he eventually lost to him in WCW in like the mid-90s when no okay. one gave a shit and it didn't Oh, matter. I see. Like it already been done. And one. I think Piper actually beat him first there. So, mm-hmm. it's, But yeah, so Piper was one of the few people to refuse to lose to Hulk Hogan in WWF. Interesting. So Mr. T going nuts on the apron. Yeah. Nose to nose when Piper does tag in. And this is one of those moments that you see in future mm-hmm. then now forever stuff with yes. the two of them going squaring off. By the time anybody actually started this match, there was only 20 minutes left of the pay-per-view. Yes. So you must have been at least... I was a little bit like, oh, okay. Thinking also in my head, I thought, well, I know this match isn't 20 minutes because they're definitely doing shit at the end. So that's interesting because normally by... I know it was a shorter show, but normally by this point in a show that we're reviewing, you're like, I want it to end now. Yeah, I was all right. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was surprised myself. So when the action actually starts, they exchange a couple of slaps. I like that good like you're a bitch no mm-hmm. you're a bitch 
then Piper goes to his amateur wrestling background, which I don't know if he has, and uh, starts to take Mr. T down uh, through some <laughs> classical amateur holds. Is this where we get Piper's riding him? Yes, we get Piper's and riding him. it literally him. did look exactly like that. It very much did. Then Mr. T puts Piper on his shoulders and dumps him. Yeah. But T ends up in the wrong corner and it falls apart pretty quick. Chaos. I don't know what I've written here. Oh. I put... Oh, okay. So... Al, oh, Ali. I thought I put Al. I was like, who the hell's Al? Lou oh. Albano? He wasn't in this. <laughs> Ali jumps in to maintain or regain order, I should say. Yeah, because he's the ref on the outside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, ne- nearly oversteps his boundaries. He jumps on a- the apron. Absolutely oversteps yeah. at one or two points, but mm-hmm. I didn't really care. So. Uh, Piper, SL signals, up yours and go to leave. We're not doing this. Yeah. Imagine if that's how it ended. I literally put... Surely it doesn't fucking end like you this. Known, would you? No, course. absolutely not. Of course. Not. Hogan then taunts them in the ring, kind of getting the whole crowd behind them, and that's oh, enough. They come back. Do you know what I hoped for? And I knew it wasn't. I didn't think it was going to come because, yeah, I, de- I We know I like a Hogan finger wag. Yes, we N- do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, is it? And then I thought, oh, is it too soon for that? No. When they when the heels do eventually return to the ring, they get a double noggin knocker. Is what they call that <laughs> clashing of the two heads together. Make that two, in fact. Atomic drop by Hogan on Piper, yeah. who continues to throw rights at the Scott. Double clothesline on Piper, followed by a body slam from Mister T. Very nice hip toss on Orndorff. Okay. So Orndorff came in and Mister T almost did like a judo throw mm-hmm. hip toss on him, and I was like, oh, that looked pretty good actually. I didn't like the camera at this point though; it was too far. Line it line. stayed before Mister T goes in. Yeah, I think when it's just Hogan in there, the camera angle stays far back. Okay, for quite a long time, and I was like, I'm assuming this is pur- like for a purpose. Yes. I don't know, but I was a bit like. Please tell me it doesn't stay here for the rest of the match because it'd be if annoying. I'm a betting man, it's probably because the crowd was starting to get animated yeah. and standing up, so they wanted so to catch. show the crowd in it exactly. But for someone that's just watching on a, on a very small telly, as we've clearly established, it was hard for me to like actually see what the fuck was going on. Yep, fair enough. No, that's a fair point. A big boot by Hogan sends Roddy over the top rope to the floor, of course, and then Orndorff blindsides Hogan, so he comes out of nowhere. On the outside, Hot Rod <laughs> hits Hogan with a chair to the spine. That has someone's jacket on the back yeah, of it. Yeah, I laughed at that. <laughs> also, disqualification. Uh, honestly. There's like five refs. This is so stupid. Where's Ali? Why is Ali not, yeah, not no. laying hands ding, on Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You're done. Again. Where's Liberace with his bell? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got the... To start it like it was the last lap of a Greyhound race or uh, we see Ali actually then shepherds Orndorff and Hogan back into the ring, so he does do it. So a bit he late, does a little bit. Gets something. involved. Someone's told him to do nothing. But now Hogan's isolated, so that's interesting. Yeah. Probably because they didn't think Mr. T would be able to sell for a long period of time without yeah, it being unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Key keeps uh, Mr. Key, Mr. T <laughs> keeps trying to make the save, but this allows the heels to double team. So he's leaning in, trying to get in yeah. and run across the ring. It works because it looks like Mr. T's being naive, and yes. that kind of plays into their hands. I'm okay with that. Then we see a double atomic drop and a suplex on Hogan by Mr. Wonderful. So the double atomic drop is where Hogan, well, I mentioned it earlier in yes. the show, takes it and then just falls to the floor like his yeah. legs were noodles. Good selling, but not for that move. Yeah. And I've always liked the Hulk Hogan convulsing. The rah, 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 rah. Oh yeah, we've talked about that I'm before, haven't we? I'm fine with that. <laughs> After a couple of tags, Orndorff takes flight with a standing elbow on the Hulkster. Yeah, I assume. I think that's, that's what, what it is. was, yeah. 
Then he goes back up top, but a flying knee misses the mark as Hogan moves. Absolutely, because why wouldn't you move? Of course. Hot tag to Mr. T, who gives eye rakes to both Piper and Orndorff. <laughs> Piper then blindsides T, and Gorilla once more says the phrase Pearl Harbor. So do you remember oh, I mentioned this yes. to you a few shows ago? That's what a gorilla monsoonism. Basically, if anyone sneaks and attacks on when they're not looking, he called it Pearl Harbor. I because see. Mm-hmm. in the events of Pearl Harbor, USA yeah. weren't expecting the attack that happened. No. Uh, we then get a messy map-based exchange between Mr. Wonderful and Mr. T. So yeah. Wonderful just starts to kind of exert his like, no, no, we're doing what you stay yes. here and I do what I want. Yeah. Uh, then Hogan manages to, to get back in and then is on fire ever so briefly. Mm-hmm. Orndorff regains control with a back suplex on the Hulkster. Nice move. Yeah, is that the bit where literally you end up just your knee laying down and someone's back is over your knee? Or has that already happened? That's a back break. I don't think I've got to that. Ah. Or, if, or if it has, I haven't missed it. Uh, I haven't yeah. written it down. My yeah, God. no, I think I missed that. Yeah, because yeah, when that did happen... I just watch it when it's on Hogan. I think, no wonder he is the way he is now. Because bloody hell, it's <laughs> like it's like trying to do that with a piece of wood. Yeah, well, like he's got no give. Yeah, no, in true, his back, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. fair, you know. You don't have to, but it just. Oh, I just. Oh, no, I didn't like. Didn't I like it? And then we see uh, Randy's daddy Orton get involved. Of course. So he comes in, but Snooker hits a. Re- ridiculous jumping headbutt mm-hmm. where he jumps he's about four foot off the yeah, ground and Orson's just staring at him the whole time because he gets fucking move yep I laughed <laughs> I thought it was brilliant <laughs> then Patterson tries to regain order you oh. see the wheels are starting to fall off chaos as this is happening Orton then comes back in climbs up to the top rope mm-hmm. and as Orndorff has Hulk in the full Nelson hold um, Mr. T cuts off Piper so it's quite clever so Piper's ready to run and sock a unexpected Hogan Mr. T comes out the side grabs him so yes. he can't hit him they turn round Orton's up top mm-hmm. goes to take flight with the cast because this was Orton yeah. he genuinely broke his arm once but then his whole gimmick was I'm uh, just going to keep the cast on he kept the cast on because it's you know exactly so he went jumped off Hogan sees it last minute moves mm-hmm. position moves Orndorf into the way nice. Orndorf takes it on the back of the head Hulk hooks the leg, and this mm. one is all over. Yes, it is. However, I would just like to... Maybe it's because I had a small telly. I'm pretty sure fucking Hogan is stood up by two and a half. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, Free does not hit the map before he's on his feet celebrating. Must have been a time constraint that we weren't aware <laughs> of. They went, go home, go home, yeah, go quick. quick. <laughs> so what we see here is after that, Piper starts shouting at Orndorff for having lost the match, yeah. and then he just like storms off, like, yeah. dismissive hand wave, and for whatever reason goes, fuck you, Pat Patterson, yeah. drops him once. Bit yeah. Mr. T goes to shake Orndorff's hand, but Hogan goes, no, no, brother, pulls yeah. him away. Because yeah. he just goes, it's really quite funny, actually. Yeah. And Hogan's like, no, no, that takes away from our moment. Hulk then poses with a titty dance. Oh, yeah. And then we hear... Gorilla with maybe the line of all time. Oh, okay. A happening has happened. <laughs> I mean, he ain't That's wrong. every day. A happening's every... happened. I, I've just had a happening right now. <laughs> like, this is a happening. A happening has happened. And it has happened. It has. I start using that in my day-to-day life. Oh, 100%. I love Gorilla Monsoonisms. The yeah. uh, external occipital protuberance oh, as well for the back of the yeah. head. That's what I'm taking. Um, and yeah, we see them go backstage oh. where they're interviewed with Mean Gene. We don't need this. This I did not need. I needed the credits to be running Mr. by T's this point. Got his hands on his hips. Yeah. He's blowing out his ears, going, "Pro wrestling stuff, man." Oh, he's just. That's basically all he says. And, and at the end, can you dig it? Yeah, Hulk. I was like, "Hang on, 
Yeah. Hang on. Oh, because he's cool. He's down with the kids. <laughs> I was like, where's Booker yeah. T? What? Yeah, can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> I was yeah, like, really? Oh, no, because Hogan, because he's with Mr. T, he feels like that oh. gives him street cred to I be able like, to, what? to talk. Yeah, like that. Did exactly. make me cool. And then you just get Hogan just spouting off his, oh, well, yeah. let me tell you something, dude. Yeah, And then just getting off, the big man and the little man and the holster, dude. Just That's so funny. ridiculous nonsense. And then yeah. you go to Jimmy Snook, he's like, yes, we're Mr. T and Big Brother Hulk. Big Brother Hulk. You're like 79, mate. What is wrong with you? Like, he is well in his 40s there. Is that Tamina, Tamina's da- dad? Yeah. Cool. Tommy. I didn't did Google it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, her brother also wrestled and was in. Do you remember? Oh, I don't think you will, because this was in the part where you weren't watching wrestling, but uh, Juice and Domino. They came out Absolutely like 1950s not. greaser-looking guys. No. Yeah, uh, Sim Snooker, Jimmy's okay. son, and Tamina's brother was in that group. Oh. Shit. So, I was going to say, I would say it runs in the family, but I never thought Jimmy Snooker was that great. He just did a bit of high flying, which was outside the ordinary for a guy of that size at that time. So... Yes. That brings us to the end yes, of WrestleMania does. 1. Got yeah. a couple questions for you oh, to finish gosh. off, okay. if that's all right. Nothing sure. to worry about. Firstly, mm-hmm. how did you find watching your first old wrestling event? I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I'm taking that as a win. Yeah. I actually, I'm, when I finished it, I was like, huh, you know what? That was all right. I really do feel like the time restraints had a very, very high... Another hour would have been tough. I Oh, God. Unless yeah. it had Al Hayes all over it. <laughs> Just him for an hour, actually. See, this is what I mean. I said there'll be people that you would just yeah. latch on to. Yeah. I never would have guessed Lord no. Al Hayes would have been that guy no. in this one. But yeah, he he definitely was my highlight. <laughs> the time constraint does work. There's yes. a couple of shows which I think you will find. Oh, good. Concerning. A slog. But even some of the recent ones are just long as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one we watched that was a recent one that was Five awful. Hours. Yeah. And that, that was one day of it. Yeah. So, obviously, when we get there, we'll be doing that as yeah. a two-parter. But that was the first March through the Mania. What would you score this card Ooh, out of ten? God, it's so hard because I also don't want to compare it to new stuff. I'm trying to... I'm trying to do it as a freestanding... That's what I mean. As a show by itself. Oh, this is hard because the beginning of it was poor for me. But it did peak. Like, it went on a... A steady trajectory. Oh, trajectory. Thank you. Um, uh, Part of me wants to give it a seven. Part of me wants to give it a six and a half. I'll stick it a six and a half because I'll be honest, the beginning of it filled me with dread. And then it did get better. And then also the bad stuff I ended up finding funny, which really helped. I would have, if you're asking me, which you weren't, I will (laughs) give it, I was leaning between five and six. Yeah. I'll give it six because yeah. it was quick changes. I mean, it was yes. a nightmare taking Some of notes. it was a bit much quick change-wise, but also for my brain, I can jump between things quite quick That's sometimes. fine. I think, yeah, for me, it was a lot of the stuff ended up being slapstick, which helped. Yes. Because I like comedy. Found it funny. So it was, yeah, like I said, as a your first dipping yeah. your toes into an older show. I actually didn't hate it. Because if I was picking one just on the basis of the content, I wouldn't have picked this. No. But, it landed yeah. and this first journey yes. through March through the manias in right. the books episode 10 yeah done do you have the socials to hand there mm, oh no. you want me to fill some time yeah the one thing actually I will say about this is yeah. the one thing I could have done wa- done without all oh, that backstage bullshit oh yeah you've got a lot of that nonsense to look forward to I I'll know, be honest with you I know and again I'd have to do what I did <clears> with this and fresh head oh yeah 
and just judge it under its own merits. Yeah, but please don't tell me every single match has some manager. Like, fuck off. There's like, a lot just of wrestle. Work. Lot of manager work. Oh god. Right, we're here now. Um, email wintwicepod at gmail dot com. Should there be any suggestions for matches come through? Because we're obviously going to do manias, but in between, we are doing a uh, what I call a normal. Yeah, <laughs> normal. that is the phrasing you've used for sure. <laughs> Um, Instagram, win twice pod. TikTok, win twice pod. YouTube, win twice pod. And we do well on YouTube, aren't we? Oh, we just. I think we're about around 177 subscribers. That's Very nice. 5,000 views. Yeah. So, yeah, doing really well there. So, go and give it a subscribe if you haven't already. I mean, We've got a wonderful Jamie doing the... Oh, he's uh, so good. And he hasn't screwed me over yet, so I'm very, very happy with the many stupid things that I have said. And there's a lot. Yes, there is. (laughs) There is. And I'm forever grateful that one of them never turned into anything. Oh, he's got that in his back pocket. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He timestamps them so he knows what to to put for future content. Duly noted. (laughs) So, yeah, um, that, like I said, brings us to the end of episode 10. Mm -hmm. Next episode, we've already decided what we're doing. As Holly said, we're taking it in turns between the manias, just in case it becomes a bit of a slog, given the length of it. For me, also, I think it would be... One yep. after t'other would be a little bit of a struggle. No, that's fair enough. So the next episode we've already decided. We'll confirm what that is at a later date. Yeah. And then after that, it'll be again back to WrestleMania 2. Yay. Yeah, WrestleMania 2 is <laughs> all right, actually, okay. I think-ish. Okay. WrestleMania 4 is going oh, to struggle on that. So. You, if you're going to struggle, I'll be screwed. Yeah, I mean, but if you think about it like this, that's about four episodes away. So or six episodes away. That's so that's time. like two months. Yeah, true. So fine. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of this. Hope everyone had a wonderful time listening, and hopefully you will join us for episode number 11. Bye. Toodles.